everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, place about games, friends, and getting better. I'm Ben Hansen, but thank God I'm not alone. I'm joined by uh, one Jacob Keller. Hello, I'm wearing a MinMax shirt. Oh, nice. nice. I am too, man. Uh, check it out. MinMax.com slash merch. Uh, also joined by Jana Garcia. Hello. And welcome, Kyle Hilliard. Fake is a lie, my friend. That's right. Don't you forget it, everybody. Oh, God. <clears throat> yeah, check out the pre-show if you're a Backstage Pass supporter to understand what we're talking about. To understand that. You, you won't yeah, understand the cake is a lie. You won't get this, it. It's from this game called Portal. It was, kind of, it was pretty cool. Oh, my Anyways, God. Uh, Some of the best indie games you've never heard of. Number one, <laughs> Portal. <laughs> hey, on this episode of this Gosh Darn Podcast, we're going to be talking about some games that are going to be coming out in the near future. So we thought, hey, we should come up with like a theme for it. So the theme for this episode is going to be us trying to predict the reviews for upcoming game releases. And it's like, this is a slippery slope because you can do like every big game, but I tried to keep it to like 2022's big games and then a couple of other lingering ones that Kyle and I um, want to talk about a little bit. <laughs> so we cheated a little bit on that end. Uh, but then we're going to like, oh, yeah. it, it's too simple. And I kind of wish there we had like, oh, we've got a revolver with six bullets each and we have to just shoot a 9.75. OK, all right. Yeah, we can complicate <laughs> this. Too, we need to make it needlessly convoluted in some way. We can make if this on bird noises somehow. That might work, too. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about all this stupid stuff. OK, what if, what if, what if we gamify it? Um, if you die in this game, you die in real life. That's you know, right. That's right. If the review score is more than one point off, you have to take off a finger. Um, no, but what if we make it so... Look, this is a soft game, but what if it's just um, over or under? We think the game's going to overperform or underperform based on... Does that make sense? So you're, No, you're we can still need a number, score. though. Yeah. Well, we don't, I, we don't not, have not, to. We can just say a number. I just thought it was... I, I think it's funny when min-max games have far more rules. I did like when we had necessary. to shoot the fake gun into the void, but... We all like the void. We'll figure... Next year, we'll have and something more convoluted. Yeah. I forgot my gun had six bullets, so I only shot five. And then <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, most importantly, for this episode of the podcast, um, we need to send out a disclaimer into the universe, into the multiverse, that we are not going to be talking about Dragon Ball The Breakers on this episode, but it does break my heart. It comes out this Friday, and uh, we don't have review codes yet, um, but this is that weird Dragon Ball asymmetrical 7v1 game that... To let it be known... That nobody on the crew was interested until I explained it, and then I think Leo gave a okay. So that's that's the level of enthusiasm. There's always one begrudging volunteer, and yes. this time it's Leo Vader. That's <laughs> right. So maybe I can play Wait, that at some I, point. I with tried Leo. to get in the very first beta. I like eagerly raised my hand, and then I just couldn't play because it wasn't working. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, that was in the meeting yeah. that you weren't at on Monday, but that's a fine. Deal. Well, I can oh, play with I you. Sorry about that. Well, honestly, though, I mean, you play um. You like Dragon Ball, but you don't like playing online games. So where does that That's fall? True. Are you ever going to check this thing out realistically? If I was like, Kyle, let's play on a Wednesday evening. Just you and I, buddy. Buckle up. I don't think you'd do it. No, but I'd try it on my own, though. On my <laughs> well, own schedule. At like 2 o'clock in the morning when everyone's asleep. Well, wake, wake me up, dude. I'll sleep with my phone. Just whenever you want to. Like, <laughs> Kyle, I swear to God, have we... Wake me up. Wake me up. It's okay. I can't wake like up. I'm not going to do the rest of it. We've been here before. We've talked about this before. But Kyle, yeah, it comes up a lot. It's like one of the only jokes I have. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you got that cake joke. Anyways, it kind of, like when was the last time we played a game online together? You and me? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Overwatch One. 
Oh and, my uh, god! And my daughter was pretty young and really demanding my attention, and I could tell it was bothering you that I kept talking to my kid. Has it been? That's right. <laughs> I was furious. I like how you turn this into the hands of a person. I take that back. Actually, we played uh, the Aliens game, the like the Left 4 Dead style Alien. Oh. Game. Alien versus Predator, Predator Hunting Grounds. No, 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 we no. We played that too, actually. Nope. This is oh. Aliens uh, Fire, Fire Team, Team Elite. Elite. Yeah, we played ah. like a beta, like the beta of that. That's right. Like a round or two. And remember, you were like slapping your knee. You're having such a good time, man. You're like, man, we got to play more often. This is great. We should hang out. Remember? Well, that's Remember what you that say one? after a bad date, you know? <laughs> like, right. oh, man, I'll call you. Yeah, I'll call you, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I'm available nebulously in the future. Here we go. When is it? Because I'm busy then. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's re- let's review some predictions and some and predict some reviews, y'all. Uh-huh. Um, let's start out with a game that's coming out um, October 28th. A game that Jacob Geller is counting down the milliseconds until he can play. Uh, Bayonetta 3. Ladies and gentlemen, ooh, ooh, ooh. the big Bayo's back. Um, I'm trying to get a read. You know, this is Game Informer's new cover story. I'm trying to get a read on where the community's at for hype with this. I know it's kind of like a Metal Gear Solid 5 situation where people are seemingly getting more and more upset that, what is it, Jennifer Hale's taking over the lead role? So, like, the actor swap is throwing some people off in the community? I I, I don't think. I mean, I, I it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Okay, okay. I've seen, like, three people talking about it. Uh, okay, so it's not people. a Sam Fisher. Right, that's what I'm trying snake. to gauge, like how okay. crucial it's going to be. It's know. more like a Kratos. Well, should I should I throw out a number? Well, hold on. Some <laughs> rules here, real quick. <laughs> how does this work? Yeah, are we going by Metacritic? <laughs> this thing over. Yeah, Metacritic. Metacritic. Okay. What if, so what, if, what if this podcast was genuinely just us running down the release calendar and all it is, no discussion, it's just us saying a number and then moving on to the I would obvious, explain why I yeah, picked like, my Obviously, number. I thought Jacob was going to say more than just yell a number and disconnect from the I call. Good, I think that's good podcasting. Oh, the other rule question is, can I yeah. look up like the scores for previous Bayonettas? I already like did, so I'm going to say okay. that's fair yeah. game. Research okay. is welcome makes- as long as you don't slow down this show one Bayonetta Iota. Okay, well, give me like three minutes here of silence so I can look right. up some of these games. <laughs> I mean, right, Bayonetta Jake. 1 is an 84, Bayonetta 2 right. is a 92 on Metacritic. 92! Right so. 92? Yeah. I mean, I I believe like Edge gave Bayo 2 a 10 or something. Like that game scored yeah. really highly. Um, All right, so what's your prediction, man, for Bayonetta 2? I, I think um, 825, uh, yep. like, or an 82 on Metacritic. I think it's wow. going to be. Yep. I think it's going to be lower because my guess is that the uh, Bayonetta formula won't have evolved that much and I will love it, but uh, it will feel a little dated today. I think I think people will kind of be like, ah, Bayonetta hasn't grown with the times and whatever they'll they'll score it lower i think you're right i'm going um to be very clear with these rules i'm going under on my prediction yeah for where this thing's gonna land where i think it's gonna be solid i think if you like stylish action games character action games i think you're gonna have a great time but i think it's gonna be number one people are gonna say the switch is getting a little long in the tooth and then number two like all the stuff about controlling giants and monsters and fighting i feel like people are gonna be like this is kind of taken away from what we want from core bayonetta action where it's like it's a novelty that isn't adding enough to the formula and also it's going to be janky with the camera and whatnot i think i think the people who like it are really going to like it you know it's it's not going to be one of those like everyone has the same score but i just think average is going to settle a little lower than the previous ones 
Yeah, I'll go 83 on Metacritic. I will say another additional prediction to add on to that, though. I think it will be the most financially successful Bayonetta. I think it will be, I think it will sell the most. I mean, I mean, wasn't first one's been that platform. I mean, that's tough to top, right? Still pretty, still pretty niche, though. All right. Yeah, it will certainly do better than two uh, because two is on Wii U. But um, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how well the first one sold. I really really have no clue. I think it's like 1.35 million units. I'd say roughly. Oh, that's easy to beat then. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Do you all? I, I mean, I don't know if we need to give a number for each of us for all this. Yeah. How are you feeling, well, Janet? Do. You want like to? Over that's under. like the stakes of it. Well, yeah. over under what? It's not Alec. Like, oh. There's nothing. There's no oh. basis for it. Over the who, whoever offers the first number. Yeah. So we're going off yep. Jacob's. 82. I think that's good. Uh, I think that's. Good. I'll go like slightly above that, like 83, 84. Okay. Okay. I think that's a perfect system. Um, wait, Jacob. What was what was Jacob's number? 82. Oh, I'm going over for sure. I think it's going to be, I want to say it's going to be like a 90 or a 91, but at the same time, I do think review scores generally tend to skew lower than they had in the previous time, just in general. I think it's a mm. combination of like more people reviewing, um, reviewers also like refining, I think, how they go about reviews and maybe what they look for um, in a certain game or franchise or genre. Um so I, I want to say it's going to be like a 91, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is an 89. Um, I do think that I would be a little surprised if it's lower than 89. I think it's going to be super okay. high. All right. All right. I think it's going to be a wider player pool. I think for people reviewing it, there's going to be a lot of people that maybe aren't as in love with Bayonetta as everybody was that was reviewing Bayonetta 2. But that's Bayonetta 3 coming out October 28th. Uh, before that, though, y'all, uh, there is a game that's called Gotham Knights. It's coming out October 21st. Now, Janet, you have played how much of Gotham Knights here? Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. All right. Based on that time, give us your prediction for just a number, just to kick this whole thing off. Um, 76. Oof. Okay. Um, I think that sounds pretty damn close to what I would predict. I would go. Right? I would go <laughs> over. I might. This might be like a seventy-nine or something. Kyle, where are I you was at? thinking seventy-eight was the other number I was tossing in my head. And that being said, it's you know my kind of quick high-level views on the game from that brief time again yeah. preview slice preview not a review the people on twitter are like this reviewer i was like whoa 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 <laughs> i played like two and a half hours of an open world game it's all where the they same. told me where to go i wouldn't this is not a review yeah. um it it can't spell review fine. without preview janet yeah. that is true they're like preview review i'm just shouting into the, the wind at this point <laughs> um it it felt like it was fine, right? It yeah. felt inoffensive. It had some cool charm to it with, I think, the characters. But ultimately, I don't think it has what a game like this needs, which is some level of secret sauce usually found in the combat. Like, I, I compare it a lot to Spider-Man, like, in, in construction with, like, quests and, and environment and stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's no shade to Spider-Man. Like, I think those games are fantastic. But those games are fantastic because it feels incredible to be Spider-Man and to play around with those kind of arena style combat. But I think the weakest part of the Spider-Man franchise is how uninspired a lot of the quest structure is um, in that game and how repetitive that is. Now they get away with repetition because like it's just fun being Spider-Man. Right. This doesn't seem like it's going to be as fun being the Gotham Knights as it is as fun being Spider-Man. And I think what that's going to amount to is sort of, you know, more middling reviews if we want to i think most people use you know the seven is shorthand for like ah it's, it's all right you know it's right. it's good on a very technical level but it just doesn't really have the 
the extra sauce, but I don't yeah. know. It could also dip to eight, and it could also go to six. It's like a weird one. I don't know where it's going to There's a couple land. things that are, so this big round of previews, you know, where you got to play it, a bunch of other folks got to play it. The takeaway that was really shocking to me is everybody saying, like, it's not Arkham Combat, it's not Arkham Combat, please don't expect Arkham Combat, um, which is surprising that there's like some big meter in the lower left that's building up and all this stuff like janet i mean was it drastically different from arkham stuff have you played a lot of arkham stuff i've only played a little bit of the arkham stuff um i honestly didn't one thing that a lot of things shocked me from this preview in terms of reactions to the preview like the people who were like there are numbers above the enemy's heads right right it's all pack it up people i and i i you know i get that that we all look for different things and some people seem really bothered and distracted by it i'm like I really didn't care about that. Like that didn't take away from anything. Yeah. And for you me. can turn like, it off. They said in the menu and stuff that really is freaking. I out. guess, but like, I, I just personally don't care. And it, I struggle to imagine caring about that. I've million games yeah. have done that. I don't think it's weird. Um, yeah, there is a meter to like build up to what's essentially kind of like a special ability that you have. But I actually do think in construction, like if you played the Arkham games, I'm not saying this is as good as that. Cause it does feel different. Like there isn't the same weight to it as there was in Arkham. And I don't, and the, you know, the, the TLDR is I don't think it, the combat feels as good as it does in the Arkham games. Yeah. That's yeah. just how I feel about it. Totally. But I think, like, I literally played Arkham. God, what's the one with the controversial driving of the Batmobile? Arkham. Night. Night. Is it, is it Arkham Knight? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkham Knight. I played that the night before um, I the preview event, and I'm like, yeah, it felt the same um, as, like, in terms of, like, sitting down to play it, you know how to play it. It's like, okay, you're oh. punching, you're dodging, like, Right. It's constructed. That doesn't mean it's as good or that it's the same or one to one. But I feel like if you've only played one game in your life and you pick up this one, you will know how to play it. Like, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do wonder for the folks uh, saying it's so different how much they played as those other characters in the Arkham games. Because you can play as Robin. You can play as Nightwing. You can play as Red Hood. They're all like side. I think it's just like, like you're not focusing on counters and stuff um, because okay. it has like this is the way um, I think it was on the Game Informer Show podcast where they talked about this. Um where because they have um, like more of an RPG progression, it's like you need to be doing more damage. Whereas in Batman, okay. that lack of like an RPG progression means they're like, oh, you can kick ass if you're just that good with the timing and the combat and everything. Whereas like yeah, you're not going to so get as many one hit kills or knockouts yeah. and stuff in this. But it's it's not as refined. Yeah, I feel like, but. and that's what makes it the the general like feeling of light genericism in everything outside of story and character which i think story and character will carry this game okay. and that was what i was most into about it um but that's why i kind of land at like that 76 78 yeah. um that's just what i feel like it'll shake out to yeah um how do you feel now about your hot viral tweet where you tweeted about <laughs> about a, a battle in the game where they play a cover of live in la vida loca over it Congratulations, by the way, tearing up Twitter. Nobody tweets out oh clips of living La Vida Loca like you. You're truly living La Vida Loca online. How do I feel about it? I, I wish I worded it slightly differently, yeah. um, just to add a little bit more like context or layers to it. But at the end of the day, like I, I stand by what I said. I found it to be <laughs> cheesy and bad. Uh, and I was genuinely like, my I, my jaw literally did, did drop. I had a mask on, so no one noticed. But I was... <laughs> found it jarring and i knew and like another layer that i kind of added in follow-up tweets even when i first posted it was yes i'm sure some gamers will see this and be like what are you talking about i think this is awesome and epic again we all come to games with different opinions and different things my opinion is that it's 
cheesy um and kind of bad um and it's funny because i feel like this always happens with like my clips like i didn't get attributed to it because it wasn't like my review or whatever but i gave um our like video people the clip of deacon st john's wedding where it's like ride me like your motorcycle that also went viral so i'm like i just catch these really cheesy moments and then people just latch on to them um but yeah like i I don't know. It's rough because like you hate to see like a game get like dragged to all hell. But at the same time, like I just showed what the game looked like I, and people had a negative response. So look, that is what it is. We don't need to get bogged down into too much debate about one song in this game. But I was in the camp of like, I was surprised everybody was like, shame, shame. It's like, it just, it's, is the fight more fun if they're playing Live in La Vida Loca in the background? In my mind, yes. Is at least more memorable or more interesting. So go ahead, throw it in there. You're not th- like ruining the sanctity of Gotham Knights' world in my well, mind. I but maybe I don't take Batman that seriously. So ready to dunk on this game. Yes. And like, yes. I feel for that. But at the same time, like, again, my job's not to be like, I don't know, the arbiter of niceness on the internet like i'm here to give my take and that was my opinion um i will say i'm like even though i didn't play like that well in that clip i'm like i'm glad i didn't play worse because it's yeah. the only clip i had and i'm like oh my god but you know i also like i don't know i had the game for two hours and i'm not the most talented you're combat fine. You're fine. person you're in fine. the world you're so fine. you're fine no one's but. judging you uh, that's not right. that's not true, but I also don't care if people will judge me on <laughs> that's it because that's like you know I don't know I'm an I'm an average player, but I'm a great critic, so that's all that really matters. There we go to me at least. Uh, hey, October twenty eighth, same day, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Well, hold on, 2. I want to at least say that I I'm going to go optimistic and I'm going to go over for okay. Janet's number. All right, okay? I'm going to go like mid eights. All right, I think that's mid eights. Like, I'm being very optimistic here. Jesus um, Christ! All right. Noted. And I'm saying that as someone who hasn't put hands on it, and I'm just looking at people's preview coverage and, like, reading about it. Like, I'm excited for it, man. I want to see Court of Owls. Like, I think the story could be really interesting. I hope. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Kyle, you are truly living the Vita Loca today, buddy. <laughs> uh, Alright, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. October 28th, that same day. What a, a weird day. Uh, this is one that I was surprised. Jacob Kelly, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna play that. Hell yeah. I mean, it's like, I always, I always think the the COD campaigns are interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually I don't uh, in in these days, it's not pay $70 for a game interesting. But if it's does anyone want a code? Uh, yeah, me. Yeah. So did you play Vanguard? Uh, no. OK. All right. That's fair. Well, follow up. Did anybody play Vanguard? I, on Earth. It was the best selling game last year. So I assume okay, somebody is that, on Wait, Earth. that's the that's the World War Two one. Yeah, the second right? World War Two one. Yeah, I heard I heard there was some uh, some interesting Jew stuff in that game. So I almost did. But I, <laughs> I did not. You know that that it's about World War Two. And so that it comes up. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, as a Jewish lad yourself, that probably. Oh yeah, well, I, I don't know. Every Call of Duty for the past twenty years has gotten like a ninety two. So. 92. <laughs> Wait, really? Have they reviewed what? that highly? No. No, it has not. Vanguard Maybe I'm just thinking about the Game Informer reviews. That, that, uh, yes. yeah, has, has it ever scored below a 9.5? It doesn't go I, that low. I would, I would not definitely lean on Game Informer I mean, as the main. How dare uh, you? Play. How dare you? <laughs> like, Modern Warfare, the new one, uh, scored oh 80 okay yeah they're lower yeah, than i thought th- they score more around what like fifa madden like those kind yeah. of titles like that's generally where they live um, I, i'm surprised because yeah color of duty modern warfare like the reboot from 2019 was the 
best received Call of Duty in a long time, like 10 years? Eh, I'm trying to think, it might be. Um, but still, like, yeah, Metacritic has it like 80 or 81, uh, which is shockingly low to me. Maybe like that game just got better and better after the review season or something. Um, I mean, like this is this is the Metascore thing of like yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops Three, which I feel like everyone agreed was pretty bad, has an eighty-one, which is right. one higher than Modern Warfare. So it's like they're it's they, they're meaningless. It's this meaningless. game that we're playing, it's based on rules that are made up and don't hey, matter. Hey, hey! Uh, <laughs> this is podcasting about games. Of course it matters. That being said, I still think this one will yeah. do. I, I think it's going to get like an eighty-five. I think that the things wow. that people liked about modern warfare 2019 will be present and better here you know like i i don't know that's if we're just predicting review scores that's what i that's what i think i also think we're coming off a down year for call of duty i don't think vanguard was particularly liked you know on the spectrum of call of duty comparisons and i think like to go from that to a remake of a, of like what many consider to be you know well like to be fair it's not quotes, it's right? not a remake like, it's, yeah. it's not a remake it's its right? own yeah, thing but it is but it's still sort of still drafting off arguably the best Call of Duty or you know perceived to be by, by many to be the best Call of Duty yeah. can someone clarify then what is this game in the context of the history of the franchise it is it's a just great and it's just a different like the the stories of modern warfare and modern warfare two new ones are not related except that it has some of the same characters it's a confusing name but yeah 2019 was the reboot of modern warfare which took some characters and stuff like that and maybe some larger but it's like it's not the story is not the same they they don't they don't have a connection to each other yeah there will probably be some callbacks and stuff that right like you'll probably escape prison by getting pulled from the ceiling and stuff like that like well the confusing thing is like the level they've shown like infiltrating the boat it's like that's a callback and reference to a level from modern warfare one and right. so it's yeah, like it's it seems confusing but i'm sure there'll be something i mean the characters alone i'm sure they'll introduce the same amount or something but uh yeah i think um i think this is going to do better than people expect uh i mean i still have faith i guess in infinity ward after 2019's call of duty so we'll see how that goes um janet are you going what's the number jacob by the way 92 uh oh no uh i'll say 85 85 janet yeah under under. Definitely under. Um, I, think under I, I think 78 would be my guess. Um, Ooh, I think 82 wow, wow. would be the highest it goes. Yeah, I think I think it's under, but I still think people will be impressed that it's better than they expect, which is a weird. Well, I think people combo. will enjoy. I mean, I, I I do think Vanguard, like to Kyle's point, was a down year. I think that was an anomaly for where no one really seemed to be feeling it. Even the critics that cover that game heavily um, didn't seem as into. Yeah. Mo- any of the aspects really um i think this will be a return to form in terms of what enormous scores which is high 70 low eight yeah so and kyle i assume you're as over as all hell no i'm i'm under but only by a little bit like i'm thinking like 80 80 between like 83 and 87 you know yeah. which so yeah all right let's get to the good stuff man let's really have some fun we're spin dashing away with sonic That's frontiers scary. everybody november uh, 8th um, what do we even base this on? <laughs> uh, Sarah, yeah, she's calling in. She what says was, it's going to get a 10. Was it Sonic Forces? Was that the last 3D Sonic? Yes, the one oh, with no. like the gorilla rebellion vibes. Sort of the hell's going on. The Sonic Sonas? Yeah. Every Sonic game is a game about Ooh. personas. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, all right, Kyle. What's it, that Metascore? You have that one? In my up, video Janet? essay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, the Sonic Forces. Well, I see different platforms. It hovers between uh, yeah. a 56 and a 62, depending on the platforms. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's like a 57 for PS4. Which also, yeah. I don't remember 
from people hating it that much. People just didn't talk about it. Like it was <laughs> the ultimate. I don't know. I thought, There's always going to be people fine? very loud who like Sonic no matter what, and then quietly yeah. the review scores are can be pretty rough. Yeah. I think yeah. this one. I think this one is going to. I think we have to bump it up just because I do think it looks nice, and I think that graphics get <laughs> like are kind of disproportionately way on reviews. Where I think I I feel like it is. It's just people are going to be like, well, at least Sonic has really shown us that it's like it's capable of making a triple A platform game because it like looks good. I mean, that said, I mean, the Switch version, I think, is going to get dinged hard for looking like trash. Oh, OK, I'm not predicting this. I version. understand that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put like the general one. I'm going to put my prediction at 67 for Sonic. That's Forces. so high. All right. So is everyone <laughs> below? Have you I seen game so. scores? <laughs> no, okay. It's well, like yeah, if something I, gets a five, it's like the worst game on earth. Like that's <laughs> no game has gone below a five ever. I think I mean it's it's weird. Um I haven't played it yet. I know some people that have played it and they said it feels empty and tech demo y. Yeah. Um, which I don't know how that's gonna land at the full price. What was your sixty seven? Yes, I think so. I'm gonna go under and say sixty four. Mm. I'm I'm gonna say flat sixty. Flat sixty. I can yeah, also I'm see going this, high. Surprising everyone is like seventy two or something. I, but I don't know. Literally, if it's that is what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just to be a contrarian, but I think I think it's gonna be seventy two. I think people are going to say like, there's not a lot in it, and but it's like it's fun to run around as Sonic, and the yeah. world looks nice, and that will earn it a seventy two. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a while. For what run. it's worth, like it is the most I've ex- been excited about a Sonic game since. Sonic 2000. But don't you think that might work you know, against maybe? it in a way? I do feel like there are people like you that will be reviewing this game that are like, you know, I like Breath of the Wild. I'm kind of excited based on some of those trailers, and now I'm extra disappointed that, yeah, it turns out it's a game made by, no offense to the wonderful developers, but modern Sonic team, you know, where it's like, okay, yeah. it's a pretty small team overall. I, I don't think. I like, don't think I, I'm excited it about it, like the idea of it and what I've seen. It's like, okay, this looks, I like the idea of running long distances as Sonic. Like, that's a cool <laughs> idea. Whether that translates into like a fun game. Marathon uh, Sonic, yeah. We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, everybody. Coming out November 9th. <sighs> Keep in mind that if in this section, if we say anything lower than a 99, we're going to get a lot of hate mail, but that's okay. And that's our job <laughs> as journalists. And that's why it's 99. Oh. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is coming out <laughs> November 18th. Or just um, moving on, huh? No, no, I, I kid. I kid and I joke and I, and I joss around. Uh, Kyle, what's your, <laughs> what's your number? Um... So God of War got a 94. Ooh. I'm going to say 89. Kyle, I was, I was exactly going to say 89. Yep. It's going to be a fantastic game, but it's not going to live up to the excitement of the first one because it's it's always tough to live up to something that, that feels brand new with a sequel. You know? Yep. I'm not going above or below. I'm exactly 89 as well. Jacob, what are you thinking? This one's interesting because like, I think I'm going to like it more because I didn't like the first one that much. Um, but but it, it's a good, it's like, you know, keeping in mind that, yeah, the first one is held in such high esteem. I think I'll go, I think I'll say 91. Mm. So over Kyle a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, 91. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to be a situation where it's going to be a great game. It'll be in a lot of discussions for game of the year. I think it's going to be real tough competition with Elden Ring and whatnot. But at the same time, I think, that feeling of, okay, even though the story is great 
and is climactic. Like, it feels very familiar. We're going to be going around to the realms. We're probably going to be rotating the thing to go to the different realms and all that stuff. And there's going to be this weird feeling. But isn't, of, I mean, correct me if I'm, if, if I'm incorrect here. But, like, I felt like the reason that God of War won was... The, the greatest game of all time was was because of people's reaction to the story, right? Like it wasn't like they felt like the third person melee combat was so it fun. Was, I, think, I think it was everything. I think like everything, I think the yeah. story was the secret sauce, but I think it had sauce everywhere. Like it was it was <laughs> saucy as hell. Like the combat is incredible. I mean, I, I think yeah, I think the, I think people adored the combat, and like that is definitely. I think the first thing that resonated with me when I played God of War twenty eighteen back in twenty eighteen was the feel of the combat combined with the one shot i think was also a big angle for people where it just felt so like you're immersed in this epic tale um that's until anyway, you pause that's, that's and have take. to change your chest all armor. right oh mr um, pause here no i, I just, hear you it's like i it, like the chest armor but i, I would, feel like, like if the, the game if if the story is as good or better and the uh-huh. gameplay is the same to me it feels like people will rate it the same or better because it's like when i when i hear people talk about that game it's like god of war changed game storytelling and it's like it's because of it's because they care about kratos and atreus not because they liked you know chopping things up i do think the story is probably to your credit the number one thing that people comment on holistically even though i think people did like the gameplay but the gameplay is also what gets the most i think criticism in terms of like the lack of enemy variety the like gaminess of some of the things oh, yeah. i like getting on a giant thing and like using it to kill things i just always like that i'm going over and i'm giving this a 92 i'm gonna i'm right. gonna just cut off everybody at, at the past so nobody can write in about misjoke opportunities i want to say kratosisms i just can want to lob it out there just so nobody can write in next week about it Wait, what are you drafting off of <laughs> What are you criticisms? Yeah, she it's about criticisms. a game that has Kratos in it. So that? it's yeah, it's ninety two. Yeah, Crowboy and the Chest say ninety four. The last one got ninety four, and historically, even when the next game is yep. better, it's always lower. Mm-hmm. It just is. Like Last of Us has, I think it's the same thing with Last of Us. It's like ninety four to ninety two or something like that. Yeah. So I'm predicting the same thing will happen here, where it's gonna be ninety two, maybe right. a ninety one, but I'm going ninety two. All right, uh, all right. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. <sighs> This old song and dance. Here we go. This is November 18th when this thing's coming out. Um, yeah, what is what is uh, our dear friend uh, Arceus doing? 83. Really? Yeah. I oh, think really? this is... Wow. Really surprised or really... Um, I am I surprised. surprised either way, right? <laughs> I am surprised. I would think that that would be I'm, a little bit higher based on how much I'm I I'm surprised because Sword and Shield is 80. I kind of thought Arceus would get a lower review just really experimental i'm not saying i agree with it i'm just kind of like that's kind of what i would have assumed having not looked at the numbers yeah all right jan what do you think for metacritic Mm, for this thing this is real really tough i definitely think it's going to be in the 80s i guess i've had to put a number on it i'm gonna say oh gosh it's so tough this is this is incredibly difficult i Mm want to say I, I want to say 83 also in my rationale thinking of sword and shield i do think sword and shield got dragged because there was a lot of contentiousness around everything related to that game how it looked how it ran the fact that they said oh we're not putting all the pokemon because we're going to make this the best game ever and people mm-hmm. were like it's not the best game ever so where are my pokemon and it just it, it had so much heat around it um 
that and I'm not saying that that's that skewed the reviews necessarily, but I think people were ready to uh, push back on it a little bit. Um, and I think the, the that score kind of reflects that. Hmm. Arceus, I think, got the 83 because of the ambition. This game is going to lack the ambition that Arceus had. And I wonder if when we split the difference between ambition and tradition, where does that land critically? And I'm, so I'm going to guess it ends up landing the same spot. I want to say 85 because I feel like it'll be better than Arceus. But I think people will be like, you know what I miss? Arceus. Yep. I, we don't yep. walk through empty fields anymore. And I think that'll hurt it. I really do think, sense. yeah, there's going to be the double whammy of people saying they're like, oh, it doesn't feel as fresh as Arceus did. That was the one that really changed up the formula. Even though they're adding new stuff here, and obviously you have the gyms, you know, different paths and stuff like that. We kind of miss a, a bold new take. TMs, like. And then also on top of that, I think people are going to miss like the alpha Pokemon from Arceus where it's like, oh, Arceus yeah. had like a, a weird sense of like danger in a Pokemon game which was very specific to that setting and so i but this I, has a motorcycle yeah so. i'm putting this at like an 81 and i think the tech stuff is going to ding it a lot if they're getting more ambitious with the solid open world this time around i think that frame rate is going right in the garbage and a lot of people are going to ding it for it kyle what do you think uh yeah i'm with you like 81 82 better than sword and shield because i think unlike you i actually th- I'm optimistic about the sort of technical performance in that like they will take lessons learned from sword and shield and apply them here. And like, it'll be like a, you know, the, the, the neck, the step up, you know, from sword and shield. Um, but yeah, there will, that, yeah, that Arceus comparison will be interesting. Cause I think it will be a lot of like, eh, kind of, it's not, it's, I don't want to, I didn't really want to go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, your lack of enthusiasm for this game is surprising, Kyle. I, Pokemon's weird because like at Game Informer, I I was Mr. Pokemon. Like I did the Pokemon coverage, uh-huh. right? But I I've Please, never, Mr. Pokemon's my father. Yeah, but I'd like I w- I've never been like the world's number one Pokemon fan. Like the I the when I wasn't obligated to play them, I haven't been super excited. I played like an hour of Arceus. I yeah. played like a few hours of Sword. Like I'm not like over the moon for the series and now i just kind of am like a passive observer now the fun thing for me now is to watch my kid play it more than to play it myself so that gets a 10 uh yeah. Jacob, we're, we're, my we're, daughter's we're, excitement gets a 10 out of 10 that's it so 83 she's not watching trailers she doesn't want any spoilers <laughs> i get she's it. very excited i get it jacob going uh, over or under for was it 83 is that the first number lobbed out yeah <laughs> gun to my head i could not tell you a single thing about this game <laughs> so you're saying uh so uh so you're dying under, right <laughs> Under interesting. That's Bold honestly say, way safer than over. I wouldn't go over. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Bold take. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, Kyle, you played um, a game that's not coming out in 2022, but it's coming out uh, 2023. I would say it's coming out like February 23rd, 2023, which is Wild it. Hearts. Not to be confused with Sayonara Wild Hearts, but this is a game right. that was revealed very recently and it's got quick turnaround it's pretty wild but this is an ea published game hearts what's that you said it's pretty wild and i said hearts oh, thank you thank you uh, that's right electronic hearts for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh ea is publishing this thing and it's uh developed by omega force our favorite dynasty warriors team um mm-hmm. and it's full-on monster hunter what if <laughs> the dynasty warriors team made a monster hunter game is that too simplistic, Kyle? 
uh, no, I, I think okay. that's accurate. I they did do which I was kind of I learned through sort of talking to them and seeing their sort of presentation playing the game that they did do a PSP Vita style Monster Hunter game called Tuki Den, which wow. I like totally passed me by. Never played it or really saw much conversation about it. Um, Weird. But yeah, Wild Hearts is like a totally original thing because I that was you know after I learned of that game's existence, I was like, oh, so is this like a sequel? And they're like, and they, they said no, it's it's a totally original universe. Um, but it can't it is, be compared is, to anything. Can't be. I did ask them about Monster Hunter, and they're like, well, we don't like to comment on <laughs> other companies' games. But yeah. I asked them about Sayonara Wild Hearts too, and they and they said that they they hope that when you think Wild Hearts, you think of their game. <laughs> moving wow! Forward. Take that indie down. But Wild Hearts never died. Did they not play the game? Come on, right. that's actually their tagline. Fake that's pretty messed up. <laughs> uh, so but, uh, I mean. Yeah, so it very, very Monster Hunter. Feels like Monster Hunter, structured like Monster Hunter. You're going after giant monsters. But um, the big things that separate Wild Hearts, which I think are exciting, um, the, the, the sort of the smaller one is the design of the monsters are very different and unique. They look like kind of like, they look more like Colossi in that they're like, yeah, sort of like built into the sort of environment. and like, like I'm, can, I'm watching the trailer right now and it looks like it looks like they're fighting the boar from Princess Mononoke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's That's, more yeah, like mythologically based, right? That's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. So like, and they they had this cool teaser in the beginning where, and they I think they had it in some of the screenshots, but it's like, like this gigantic like mountain sized one, sort of like get you think it like looks like a like a mountain, and it like gets up and starts walking. It's very cool. And then, but the other thing which I was like, I actually play. I played it for about uh, like two three hours or oh, so. Wow. And the thing that I was like, oh, this is actually cool, and I like this, and it does make it feel, it, it kind of gives it something unique compared to Monster Hunter, is like you have this system, the Karakuya, I think it's called, it's been a couple days now since I've played you nailed it, it, where it almost feels like Fortnite building to a certain degree, where you can like quickly sort of uh, build these structures, and like the one that I was using a lot, because it's like the tutorial sort of area, was like, I would, I would quickly build these boxes and you can climb you can kind of scamper up them really quick and it launches you off and it gives you a really powerful like downward strike um and then you can and you can and the way it works is like you kind of like just build those as you need them so like you pop them up and you jump and you attack and then another thing i threw down was like like a sonic style like bounce pad on the ground oh which weird. like it like it was charging like a, a monster would be charging at me um a kimono excuse me or kimono and um, I would throw oh, down no. the bounce pad and almost use it as like a dodge. Like I would throw it down as it was running at me and it would shoot me out of the way. Or I could throw it down and jump on it and it would like fire me into the monster. And that would be like, a, a, you know, a really powerful attack. That's it's um, a so, fascinating idea of <laughs> after the success of Monster Hunter World and not to compare everything to it. But after that wild success that EA is like, okay. Who can we get to make a Monster Hunter style game? Maybe this team was really passionate about doing it and they just wanted to combine that with some aspects of the building from Fortnite, where it's like, how can this new game not succeed? But I, I also like, I want to call out one of these things that you can build. Uh, looks like a Roadrunner, like Wiley Coyote, just big hammer. That's like a big wooden hammer that goes yeah. like, wham! Oh, that looks good. <laughs> you can also just like, put up walls like, for them to run into if they're charging at you. You can just put up like a barrier wall and it like stuns them. And then, Weird. and then that stuff also can be used outside of combat, where you can like build like death stranding style shortcuts you know everywhere like uh and stuff like that and then and then when people join your game and like you guys can all use that stuff you can all make the structures and and they'll just stay there after the fight 
you know, they they'll leave your game and and like all the stuff that they built will just stay there. Um, so that that's the sort of thing that I think makes it feel unique, and it and it was fun to use. Like I liked it. I was I was impressed by it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's wild to see EA putting so much Art. money behind this. <laughs> um, isn't it? Like it's it's yeah. crazy to see. Like the the budget is it seems very big, and like it's yeah. continuing EA's streak of like their originals games. They've made some really good bets so far with like Knockout City, and it takes two, right? And yeah. Lost I mean, and Random, I, all those games, you, like. I, if I looked at it, like I would never have guessed EA was involved I know. in any way. Like, so I, I, that's a compliment to them to like trying these different things and using. The it doesn't seem at all like EA at all. It yeah. looks so good. I wouldn't even think you made this. Yes, because exactly. I hate you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this doesn't look like FIFA. What is this? There's monsters. Yeah, here? they make other things. Um, yeah. This game looks cool. Um, yep. How? What do you think the approachability or lack thereof is for people who like maybe tried Monster Hunter and thought it was like a little overwhelming? Like, did this feel a little bit more approachable or does it feel like it's only going to be for fans of that style? So I I'm a, I would consider myself that person because I don't really like Monster Hunter. And um, I, and I don't know if this is changing my mind about the genre necessarily, but that that building stuff is cool and it makes you feel more powerful because that's that's kind of the thing that bums me out about Monster Hunter sometimes is like the fights take so long and it feels like you're not doing that much damage and you're kind of just doing the same attacks over and over. And, and you know, maybe the response to that is like you're playing it wrong, like you need to be more varied and try different things. I mean, um, but- it's like as someone who played, you know, 90 hours of Monster Hunter World, it's like the fights take you know 20 minutes like that's just that's just how that game works and they still do here but like to have that sort of that instance of like oh i built that structure that that's not something i usually do in monster hunter and it actually paid off in a cool animation and doing a ton of damage that makes me like excited about it i think i think it's a cool thing yeah uh so your metacritic prediction for wild hearts kyle so my metacritic prediction Uh uh-huh uh i'm gonna say like I'm gonna say like 79 Ooh. because it's like it's Ooh. like the first okay shot. Like I'm kind of going off like there's gonna be technical hiccups, right? That are gonna drag it down. And it's and it's kind of an experimental thing, and I don't know if it's gonna work, you know, in the long term with multiple players and all that stuff. So I'm kind of like hedging my bets, like low, kind of. Um, like like the reviews will be like this is a, this there's really interesting ideas here. They don't fully work. The sequel is gonna be killer. Is kind of what I. I feel like it's also you know it's like Monster Hunter has had twenty years to iterate on being Monster Hunter, and if they're like especially if they if outlets have kind of their Monster Hunter reviewer reviewing this, my guess is that like the kind of complexity of like you know Monster Hunter has like eighteen different weapons that all take dozens of hours to master, and it seems like that just it would be hard to fit that in a first game in a series yeah like that 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 comparison is going to be unavoidable even if it's not like actively written about in a review if they have the monster hunter person reviewing the game which frankly they should like they're going to be extra critical yeah am i did i hallucinate that capcom announced the successor to monster hunter world did did this happen i can't find anything about it on the (laughs) internet this happened right and it wasn't called world 2 it had it was like was it a leak where it was like frontiers or something why is this Gosh, not on the internet help me out backstage pass did this happen not know. rise not monster hunter rise it's part it's of the nvidia, NVIDIA leaks yeah, oh interesting okay yeah please look into that for me look into that leak tell us if it's real um all right 
Wild Hearts, everybody. Um, uh, hey, it's oh, always... hey, check out my uh, preview on Gamespot. Oh, yeah, about your... it, videos, all that stuff. Oh, really? I'm going over. I think it'll be like an 82. I think I think Same. I'm going over too. Kyle, you got to believe in yourself. Believe in your preview, man. <laughs> the only person who's played it. We're all saying you're too negative. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Um, I uh, I played a Capcom game. All right, uh, over the weekend they had a uh, a technical test, closed beta test for Street Fighter Six, um, which I jumped to. Did anybody else jump into that or, or see anything about it? Was it open? I saw stuff no. about it. People are saying it's like. People are like really hot on this thing. So I'm yeah. curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Someone uh, said it was like maybe the best fighting game they've ever played. And they, they play like a lot of fighting games. So I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be critically wild then. If, if true. Wild if true. Yeah, huge if true. Yeah, I'm definitely no fighting game expert uh, by any means. And I've, yeah, like Street Fighter 2 is my favorite, but I'm not really into the series in a big way. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom, however. Um, but Street Fighter 6, yeah, jumped into it over the weekend and I got like my fight sticks out and I was so excited. But it's uh, the point of this beta was to focus on the battle hub, which is kind of like the social center, which was a great catch then when I jumped in there with my fight sticks. And it's like, okay, now you just have to like navigate this world. And it's like, okay, well, I need a controller for like the second camera. Otherwise, I'm just like running around with the fight sticks and it's not exactly ideal for that scenario. But um, this is their kind of social space that they're really testing out. And it's it's cool. The game really impressed me. I had a great time playing it. Um, but the the social space, it's like, you'll go in there, and they got some light jazz playing. You create a character, like a crazy, robust creator character thing. Uh, then you can roll into that space, and they have just like, you know, uh, arcade cabinets everywhere, and you actually just like sit down at it and wait for another player to come up. And that's how you could trigger a fight in that space. Or else you can go around and buy clothes. You can like go DJ a set at the top of this battle hub. So you can just go up there and like, it changes the music, I assume just for you. But I sat up there for like 10 minutes, like doing my cool DJ moves. And like there, it was expecting like a crowd would form in front of me and uh, nobody came to party in front of me. So they must have still been hearing just the cool jazz music. People are filtering it out. Yeah, it's one of those. You kept throwing up. Britney Spears is toxic. I know. System of a Downs is toxicity over back to back to back and <laughs> winking and people just weren't getting it. Is it not clever enough for you? Come on, everybody. <laughs> um, but then jumping into the game, uh, I thought it was great. I was so excited to have the fight six. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be classic Street Fighter. And then I forgot that they have like the whole modern control scheme. So it's like, oh, I need to go back in and like make sure and remap this to make sure that it's actually classic Street Fighter arcade buttons to actually enjoy using this uh, stick in the in the proper way and whatnot. But yeah, it was good. It kept like defaulting me to Luke as like uh, one of their big, the big new character. Although I guess he was in five, right? Um, so that was frustrating to kind of have to go back in and jump to a different character. But it was um, it was a little bit heavier and slower than I expected, but it looked so damn good. Um, and also just like having different things you can do in that battle hub. Um, it was impressive. We're like, okay, in this area we have what extreme battles that they call it. So they can just rotate through like these novelty things. And during this beta, it's like, okay, instead of classic health bars, you're going to have like a seesawing health bar. So if you do more damage, it'll get pushed in their direction, yada, yada, yada. And then also on top of that, we have Mets from Mega Man, and they're just going to be thrown into the middle of the fight. And then you can like hit them and then go flying into the enemy and explode. So it's just like weird, wacky novelty options. Um, then they also, this is so smart, they have an area of that hub where they just have a bunch of old arcade cabinets and you can go up and play those. 
And so, like, what was it? What was the game that they had now? Magic Sword from 1990. Some arcade game from Capcom I had never played before. But I think it's, like, a really interesting way to, like, you know, any social living game like this as they want it to be, right? They are always looking for a reason to draw new people in, have things change, and to be able to, like, rotate through just basically an infinite amount of old Capcom arcade games and have, like, leaderboard challenges and stuff in there. I think it's a really smart idea. Um, so, yeah, I was I was really impressed by it. The, um... They're big on, hopefully they'll tone this down because they are just constantly over this uh, PA system announcing what's happening to like the featured player that's in the social hub at that space. It's like the featured player has lost. The featured player is on a winning streak. They're on a winning streak. So it's like this constant chatter letting you know how this featured player is doing. But um, I got my butt kicked by absolutely everybody, um, but I had a great time. I recommend that's it. That's all that matters. Did anything about the combat like stand out to you as like a sort of a not a big fighting game person of like oh this feels better or yeah. different or this feels like Street Fighter kind of yeah 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 the um the big moves look amazing you've probably seen it it's kind of like the graffiti art style and whatnot um those look amazing and the fact that that's just one button press away everybody it feels a little bit more like Dragon Ball Fighters Kyle where it's like press one button you'll do some really really cool stuff um so it's nice having that as an option and then as well having the the All depth right. there and whatnot but I am curious to see. Yeah, like what the hardcore fighting game community is like now that this beta got into more hands because, you know, Imran Khan was on here saying that it might be game of the year 2023. Um, and I mean, I was impressed by it. It exceeded my expectations based on, you know, jumping into the beta at least. So uh, I'm going to put this at uh, 91. Wow. My Metacritic prediction for Street Fighter 6. Go over. It's like 94. Jeez. Holy crap, Kyle. Games no are so They're so weird because it's like, again, they're only reviewed by people who like fighting games. Right, right. You know, so it's like, yeah, I bet if you like fighting games, this will be really good. I I don't know how to judge that. So you're saying over. I'll I'll say I'll say under, but just like 90. I, okay. I still think it'll it'll score. Well. OK, OK. I'm also going under. I probably would also say. Yeah, I probably would also say 90. If we want to be different, I could just say 89. Okay, but, thank you yeah. for being different. I think, yeah. too, like, the thing about the 90 on Metacritic is it's really hard to get because so many people have to rate you, like, a 9 mm -hmm. or a 10 to account for the occasional, like, lower scores. So that's why you'll see, like, stuff that's really, like, critically acclaimed but, like, still doesn't have above an, a 90 or higher on Metacritic. So it's, like, it's always kind of dicey for is something that I... I mean, like, Last of Us Part 1 didn't get a 90 even though it's the same game as before which is crazy maybe that's why but like still like everyone no one didn't like it it was just like i don't know 88 whatever yeah um, this is a this is slightly off topic but please. does it astound anyone else in the in the year of our lord 2022 when you see an article that writes about user scores in like a way that treats them like they're legitimate Oh, like it's like The Last of Us 2 has a 3.6 on Metacritic, and yet some people argue it's one of the best games of all. The like, it's just I, I I read an article about about the Woman King the other day that yeah. was like casting doubt that the that like the audience reaction kind of a plus thing was real because like the user reviews were very low. And I was like, do you not see what's happening here? <laughs> no, that's a, that's just an honest verdict, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it, oh, last thing about Street Fighter 6. Like, the character creator, yeah, is, is, is pretty wild. You can make a lot of crazy stuff. But still, I was struck by just walking around the space, and there was a character that was running around the space, 
and they just had two giant floating cat paws behind them. And then they were in a pink sweater, like punch out. And then they're wearing a dress below that. And then their head was just like a CRT monitor. <laughs> I was like, I understand character critters, but like this is That's great. If, if this is where they're going with the absurdity of some of these characters or just unlockables and stuff you can customize your character with in the future, it's going to be a weird social hub. So Shiver Six, no release date yet. I think they just said 2023 so far. So people are predicting before Evo next year, but we'll see. Um, hey, speaking of Evo, the true game that should be in Evo next year, I think we all know what I'm gonna finish the sentence with, but Kyle. Of course, it's Let's Sing ABBA, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. The hot new time. release. This is your time. Um, there's a new... Have you... Okay, Janet, there's a lot to unpack here. Have you ever played <laughs> something from the Let's Sing series before? I have not. And I don't think I'm alone in that because when yes. I tweet about it, people are like, I did not know this existed. And yes. I was like, welcome to the rest of your life. Yep. It's, I guess, in that uh, Just Dance territory where quietly Deep Silver has been pumping out these Let's Sing games. And oh my God, there's Let's Sing Country, Let's Sing Queen, of course. Let's Sing Again. I have Let's Sing Queen. Oh, Let's Sing with Popeye. That These are different things. This is confusing. Um, but this is Let's Sing ABBA. Um, Janet, I played this freaking thing too, but I'm very curious what you think about Let's Sing ABBA. Um, top level, I loved it. I feel like if you like ABBA and you're down to sing, um, ideally with another person, because I I admittedly don't think I'd want to just play with myself. I just feel no. like it's kind of that'd be kind of a lonely experience. Yeah. Um, but if you're that person who played Mario Party with just AI because you didn't have any siblings, maybe you're down to sing it alone. Um, and that's but respectable. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, for more like I guess critical layers, it doesn't look very nice. Like the avatars are very ugly, which was like, <laughs> why do they look ugly? It's the pe- um, it's the people from ABBA. How dare you say they're ugly? They're not ugly. The way they were constructed, it does not look good. It is weird. It's like starting it up I was like, oh, is this gonna be like a rock band Beatles level presentation? Which is how like they have the avatars of the members of. Sorry, is it ABBA over ABBA? Um, I usually say ABBA. All right, I'll say ABBA too. Yeah, I've always said ABBA. I don't know how you say it in Swedish or whatever. ABBA. But uh, I don't know. I, I trust maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. I bet you're right. I bet you're totally right. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I. I understand the comments. They don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> I. I agree that it doesn't look the greatest. And then also the thing that drove me nuts is, like, uh, the lyrics are so small on the screen where you're trying to read it to figure out what the pitch is, because it kind of is like, hey, mm-hmm. go higher, lower, kind of in a rock band style way. But then they have the lyrics again, like bigger on the bottom, so you can yeah. read it just fine, but then you don't exactly know the pitch you should be going for. Like, you need a little is bit this, of that guidance. Is it leaving, okay, I guess it's leaving room for multiple people to be singing at the same time. I guess so. No, because it I'm has, watching. <laughs> it hasn't repeated each time. One, one beef I had is when you have three players, it doesn't show the lyrics underneath the, we'll call them notes, right? Because it's kind of what they are, like high or low or whatever, is kind of trying to show your like pitch um, where you're supposed to be singing. And it has the text under that. But when you have three people, it doesn't put that text under there. So you have to just kind of suss it out. And that's difficult. Um, to your point, Ben, though, I think that doesn't matter as much depending on how close you're staying to your TV or how big your TV is. Because yeah. I didn't have that mm. opinion um, sitting with, but I have a huge like, TV in my living room and I sit pretty close to it. Um, I actually did like that they had the lyrics doubled though because it let you kind of pre-read ahead and then see it 
for the notes. Um, That's too much ABBA to digest in my brain at any one moment. Like, okay, I gotta scan ahead for the lyrics. Who's, the, who's buying this who doesn't know the lyrics to ABBA I guess that's, 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 that's a great question. question. That is a great question. Hold on, hold on, because you're quick, you're quick to dismiss. Let me let me speak for the <laughs> the fake ABBA stands out here. Uh-huh. I like ABBA, ABBA, however you pronounce it, but I don't know, like, the entire disc. And I know it's Absolutely. mostly the hits. And I know, like, whatever. But, like, I, you know, I'm more of, like, Mama Mia Abba, I got, I got you. Even though I barely watched Mama Mia like a few weeks ago, that Hang I have. On, whoa, whoa, but like some of, did you see Mama Mia? Here we go again. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. I've only seen the first one. Well, you're not living yet, Janet. You truly have to dive into that world. Yeah, if we want to talk about sequels that did get a higher <laughs> meta score than the original. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's unjustified. I like it about the same as the first Mamma Mia. But um, anyway, sorry, go on. I, I do want to just shout out, because people ask me a lot on Twitter, like, how do you how do you play it? Like, you can play it with your phone. I think you can also use, a, like, a plugged-in mic, but yeah. I feel like the phone is the easy way to go. <laughs> it works pretty well once you get it set up. I will say, when I first had to connect, I had a lot of issues yep, same here. trying to, like get it to connect but once it connected it kind of remembers that you've connected before so it's pretty easy to get back into it um i played on ps5 for the abba version and I, for queen i got that on switch and for some reason on switch it didn't work as well um i don't know if it's because it's on switch but like and, and not the game itself but just like the like and i don't know if it's because we sang louder because we knew queen more than abba but like i had to stand farther away from uh maggie's who i played with my sister-in-law and it just kept kind of disconnecting our phone so i'm like let me just stand like way away from you That's so annoying. and then after that that worked fine so i will say you know elements of the execution are not perfect but generally i had a blast playing it um once i did the abba one i was like ben they have queen ask them if we can get queen content <laughs> if not i'll buy it it's like 40 bucks and i'm like oh, that's kind of like bucks. a lot for what it is in a sense but my sister-in-law loved it too she's like oh if, if you don't get a code we'll just split the cost because i'm i'm trying oh. to queen up and i had i had okay. so much fun <laughs> yeah I, mean- I, I think it's like for you know people always talk about like the value whatever again there's issues with the game it's not the prettiest looking product but i loved it i would totally i would and will buy more of these because (laughs) i love the process of just singing along it's like karaoke in your living room i hear you nothing better than singing nothing better than karaoke in your living room um i mean was your voice coming out of the tv because my voice was no okay at that point Save forty dollars. Just pull up a karaoke version of ABBA on YouTube or Queen no, on YouTube. Just, okay, like forty dollars. Here's, here's the fun, no and, I'm, and, this, and I'm being hundred percent for real. I feel like people might think I'm hamming it up for the memes. I genuinely like this game. I had a great time, and I recommend it if you like the songs and think what I'm describing sounds fun. I think the difference between this and like pulling up a YouTube video because you're right, Hanson. Mechanically. There's, I'm sure you know it costs that because of the licensing, but there's not a lot going on there. No. But what makes it fun is the gamification of having to hit the notes and how funny it becomes when you're playing with especially another person. Ben, did you did you play this with anyone or were you just um, by yourself? We, or? I, I shared a mic with my wife. We were in bed singing like cool people. Yeah, um, I don't recommend that. I think sharing the mic would also make it hard to tell, you know, who's doing what or whatever. Um, But what's fun about it is like you end up getting to these hilarious scenarios that you don't with karaoke because regular karaoke, you're just going to sing it and you're singing well or not. And who cares? Now, I'm not going to imply that you're going to be singing well if you follow the 
the highs and the lows, but you end up with these hilarious scenarios where you're like singing a song that you may know and love well, and then you're just like trying to hit the right note. It's not going low enough, and you're like, uh, and it just it's so funny. Like it, it, when you have to hold yeah. a note for a certain amount of time too, and you're just straining, and you're like, huh? It turns out these Abba Queen songs are really hard to sing if you're trying to hit the you know ma and then you're doing the ups and the downs. It's Mama it is so Mia. fun. Um, right, yeah. we're gonna play both ABBA and Queen. <laughs> know, well, the ABBA confusing. one is new, the Queen one isn't. Um, but okay. yeah, that's the fun of it. Um, I think the fun and that's, that's the fun. Is, cool. The fun is really just seeing these music videos from ABBA in particular playing in the background. And I'm sure karaoke versions on YouTube exist where you can watch those because, like, there is a certain je ne sais quoi to like music videos from the 70s where it's just we're just going to be standing yeah. in this room and we're going to try to come up with ways to make it exciting by like having a snap zoom on the camera or like maybe if we face this way this will be seen as a different shot but it's all just like you're just members of ABBA maybe best case scenario is like the gimme 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 music video they're like riding the levels in the studio a little bit that's like the most action you get but when the song's that good you don't you don't need to try that hard I have a very specific memory Hanson of I don't remember why it came up but we were in New York for the Switch stuff. Yeah. Uh, when the Switch was revealed, and we were just like getting lunch or something at a crowded restaurant. And for some reason, you were like, Have you ever seen the ABBA music video for. Um, <laughs> oh, take uh, a chance on me. Take a chance on me. And I was yeah. like, No, I don't think so. And like, so in the middle of this crowded restaurant, <laughs> you were like, All right, you need to watch this right now. And I remember just like waiting to get a table. Just watching this video on my phone, being like, it's, "Yeah, I'm glad I watched this. This is really so weird. Weird, <laughs> especially like singing the lyrics to take a chance on me. That is a weird hit song where it's just like, "Hey, um, I I'll be here if you want like second fiddle. I'll still kiss you really hard, um, even though I'm not a great looker. It's just like a weird theme to be a juggernaut hit, but it's beautiful in its own way, you know. I think too with the, uh, where it adds more layers in karaoke, like with that example it's like you might have to do some of like the the backup or secondary mm, vocals where mm -hmm. you took a chance took a chance like it just yeah. it creates again it's gamifying something that you could totally do you know otherwise yes. but it just kind of adds an extra layer um to all of that and yeah like it's just a, it's a convenient packaging of it again i'm sure there's people who would <laughs> have no interest in playing this or not it's not up their alley but i think if what i'm describing sounds like a fun evening I had a blast with it and I'll be playing it more like throughout my that life. Like I plan on buying these if I don't just get codes for them already. <laughs> I am so um, surprised. Yeah, and I, I had fun. I liked the game. There you go. Like, go. I think you should play it if you're interested in just the music element. You like singing and hanging out with whoever. You have a friend that's down to play. Like, yeah. Anyway, I, here's I my it. recommendation. Take the $40 that it. let's sing. Okay. It's going to be number three for top 10 games of the year. But my recommendation is take the $40 you'd put into let's sing ABBA and buy a bluetooth mic or some sort of mic and little speaker thing and then you could just put this on youtube and then you could actually you have your have voice coming out of a speaker i mean does the and gamification element not do anything for you yeah. because it does it does require you to like pitch up and down and that's I mean, like the Hansen, fun of it to you me. are so excited for the next zelda game when you could just go in your backyard find a stick and explore <laughs> the outside exactly oh, it's like it's it's giving, why don't you play guitar in real life instead of pressing these buttons? It's $40 on guitar Hero. for like these music videos. It's insane. But hey, you know what? I, it is well, again, I'm, I'm sure like part of that pricing is the licensing. Um, and sure. like I had fun. Like, hey, I hey, feel you like got totally, it. We got it. We got it. Yeah, but like, I, I don't know. Like, it is 
a lot in the sense for what it is, yes. but like I wouldn't regret buying that. Like I think it's fun and you're gonna have fun with it, even yes. though it is basic, but it's like a classic a game that you don't have to be a gamer to play and enjoy and it I had a fun time and hey, I feel like no isn't that, that what <laughs> you're looking for in games. Dan, I just, just wish you would fun. tell us if you like the game. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got it. Let's sing Ava. Take it to the bank, everybody. Ava forever. We can all sound like Pierce Brosnan singing at home. Um, all right. Uh, Jacob, there's a game called Betrayal at Club Low. You wanted yeah, to talk about Yeah, I want to talk about this game. Sure. Um, okay, so so there's there's this indie creator named Cosmo D who has his own whole little universe. Uh, he made a game called Off Peak and and it's kind of a, a series called Tales from Off Peak City, which is the this is the second of, but they're all disconnected. And um this is it's similar to one of my favorite games of the year, Citizen Sleeper, in that it's kind of an RPG that is all based on very literalized dice rolls. Huh. Um, but the thing about this one is it's uh, it's very short and it's very funny that you're just the whole game is you're like a spy sent to uh, find out what's going on in this like nightclub. And you can, you know, talk to all sorts of people and kind of like attempt to persuade them to give you information or let you into rooms or whatever in different ways. Um, but your skills are like it's like deception, cooking, music, uh, you know, like wisdom, like they're just kind of like random like they they're they're not kind of your typical rpg skills and so like in my run i was like i'm gonna put all my points into cooking and so then i was like playing and like i could not lie to get past the bouncer at the door but i could like like make a really good pizza and then engage <laughs> him about pizza and then he like oh, let me fun. in um yes. and so it's just it's like it is not a particularly complex game but like you can beat it in an evening and it's just like Sold. it's very goofy <laughs> and the 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 art style is very funny and the music is incredible i i i the guy like writes all his own music and it's one of those games where it kind of feels like he made the music first and then came up with a game to fit uh the music and so it's just like it's a really kind of fun stylish game that takes two hours to play and i enjoyed it it's just on steam and itch.io is that right yes okay betrayal yeah. at club low everybody uh, it's in the description if you're looking for an exact spelling all that fun stuff um let's see kyle do you know how this whole thing operates karaoke singing mainly karaoke Sing singing Abba. um also the direct and support forty dollars on the karaoke singing <laughs> <laughs> that's right and because of the direct support of people like kevin kennedy Happy birthday, Kevin Kennedy! Hey, Keep being a good dad. Uh, also, thank you to some of our bigger supporters. I'm talking about wonderful people like Leader Games. They want everybody to know about Ahoy, which is an upcoming tabletop game. They are the creators of Root, which is one of the most recent beloved tabletop games released. And in Ahoy, it's a game of seafaring and smuggling, Kyle, for up to two to four players. And if it's two players, it's like territory conquest kind of thing. And then as you add more players, they are playing an asymmetrical different type of 
game where they're actually on trade routes which change the values of the land that the other people are conquering and claiming. So it's a funky one. It's very accessible. It's a good time. It is called Ahoy. So you can check that out. There's a link below if you're interested in a new tabletop game. Um, and you can follow MinMax on Twitter. We are giving away a copy of Ahoy um, every week this month. So give us a follow on Twitter and there'll be a tweet up on Thursday, the day this episode's going live. Uh, and you can share that for a chance to win your own copy of Ahoy. Um, and thank you to the fine folks at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about the new game from Garbage Pail Kids, Mad Mike, and the Quest for Stale Gum. This is an NES-style game that actually will work on an NES. It's a very yeah, fun, cool idea. the style. It's just an NES I game. I guess that is a weird way to put it. Yeah, it is just an NES game, everybody. But you can check it out. It is the long-lost game, is the way they put it. Stale Gum... Oh, and it has two different variants in iMapit store. Stale Gum Pink and Mad Mike Blue, of course. So if you want a funky old NES game coming out, you can check that out. It's a fun idea. And Drew Scanlon, formerly of Giant Bomb, is the producer on that game for a whole full circle. Um, and you can get it in iMapit's wonderful online store where you can use the promo code Serial Monsters. Serial, spelt like the food cereal, no space. Serial Monsters for 10% off everything in that store under $100. So please check it out. Helps them because they support us in a big bad way um for example they're shipping out a prize to whoever has the best question of the week here and they're shipping out a prize and it's the super monkey ball vinyl soundtrack which is most excellent so we need to remember who submitted the best question over on patreon because that's how we exist everybody it's just people went to patreon.com slash minmax found the tier that's right for them even at that two dollar tier two dollars jump in there you can submit a question and you can be in the running for a question of the week prize so all right we got to remember who's going to receive this wonderful prize from my mate bet you ready for some questions y'all yeah yeah has a uh, uh, Matthew yeah. Weatherly writes in and says, "Hey, what do you think the chances are that the Mario movie soundtrack will be 100% music composed by Nintendo? I just can't picture Mario being paired with a pop song. Also, what's the bet that KK will hide his song somewhere in the movie? I doubt that, but it, yeah, it'd be no interesting. Zero percent. I think there will be a pop song in this movie. I don't I think, think so, they can ignore yeah. that. And um, it'll, honestly, song? it'll probably be decent." You okay. know, it's like like uh, what what's what's the Pharrell song that came from Despicable Happy? Me? Happy, yeah. Same studio, that came baby. From that, really? Yes. Yeah. Every oh. yeah, every Despicable Me release has had some crazy Pharrell hit come from it. Matt Stone so he, sang on one. Did you ever hear that one, Hanson? Wasn't it Trey Parker? Or Trey Parker? Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I don't think yeah. I did. Yeah. You know, everything is awesome. Lego Movie, like it'll it'll have a pop song, and it'll I don't know. It's it's absolutely gonna have. Also, uh, pop songs in it reminder that the end of mario odyssey has a pop song and it's awesome it's fantastic it's like a great way to send that game off it's so cool yeah i, I think like in jack black's um comic-con interview or just he was on stage or something he said something about singing in the movie and he's like we're going to broadway after and so we're at least getting a bowser song and at that point i'd imagine we're going to get more songs for more characters so like that actually lowers the odds that there are pop songs, I think, if they have original music in here. Unless, unless they're singing the pop song. <laughs> like Bowser's like, take a chance, take a chance. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Or like, yeah, it's like, okay, we have Chris Pratt's Mario singing Van Halen's Jump. Like, I'm trying to think of like what oh my thematically God. is going to work. So it's like a licensed pop song. Okay. Yeah. 
This would be a uh, a great uh, get a load of this, but I'm going to say it now. The Please. funniest YouTube video of all time is Toad singing the song Chandelier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Yep. Truly, it's like I, I 40 seconds into that song, I start crying from how hard I'm laughing. <laughs> uh, do you think... Um, oh, by the way, I was re-watching that Mario trailer because something's wrong with my head. And... I, I didn't notice this the first several times I watched it, but when they're like, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come! And they run off. Like, you can see Mario, like, jumping onto the mushrooms, and he's, like, catching himself and kind of stumbling. So I think they're actually going to have, like, a jumping montage of, like, Mario getting trained how to properly jump, right? You think the first time he hits a block with his head, he's going to be like, Ow. Yes. And then Ow. he's going <laughs> to... 100% that'll be a joke. He yes. punches the blocks, everybody. Come on. He puts his hands up. Oh, okay. Chris Pratt doesn't know that. He's yeah, gonna hit it yeah. with his head. <laughs> what I was thinking with this question is like, is there a song that's about brothers that's like a pop song that would make sense? Boys are back in town. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be so stupid to have them running through the mushroom game. Finn Lizzie scores the Mario movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are family. I'd be okay with the boys back in town. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I think that's it. Uh, Wesley Minner writes in and says, Hey, Splatoon 3 announced their next Splatfest with choices of the three starting Pokemon from the upcoming games. As someone who's fallen off of Pokemon in recent years for various reasons, this has left a bad taste in my mouth. It feels like Splatoon may now be the vehicle to deliver cheap marketing campaigns for the next couple of years of Nintendo game releases. Where do you draw the line for this type of in-game advertising? If it's good and fun, I, I don't have a problem with it. Splatoon's already done that overseas. They've had like McDonald's menu items and things. And like, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, we live in a capitalistic world and a lot of times that creates darkness. But sometimes we can just have a fun time. Like, I want to pick, you know, fries versus McNuggets. Like, I would have fun doing that even if it is inherently for capitalistic purposes. <laughs> so I think as long as it's not like a whack option like i think there is like a a big cultural conversation around what starter you pick even though yes that is inherently helping sell a thing or get attention to a thing yeah pokemon stuff is fun i I don't mind the pokemon i think that's great i think you know the synergy there is just off the charts it it really does feel and i i truly do not mean disrespect to the question asker here that like if if you like the thing it would probably be fun you know, because it's like, right. I don't like Pokemon. And so, yeah, I don't care. But if it was like, pick your side, Bayonetta or Jean, I would be like, hell yeah. Right. <laughs> Good job, yeah. Splatoon. I will say, I, I would, I do, I don't like the French fries McNuggets thing. If it were like Coke versus Pepsi, I think that would yeah, actually be like, I don't remember like, what it was. Pitting, I can look it up. Versus Dr. corporations Pim. against each other, I think that's kind of fun. But if it is like, if it's just like we partner with McDonald's and it's like purely a McDonald's double A or triple A batteries from Duracell. <laughs> yeah, like that. I'm Don't glad. make me that, choose. That also leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But I, I mean, Nintendo is pretty good. They have a pretty good track record of not leaning into that stuff too much, right? Like they, they're pr- they, they never. The fact that like Animal Crossing doesn't have microtransactions, like well, Pocket Camp like, says hello. You but. know, well, yeah, Pocket Camp excluded, but um, they're, uh, they're, but that's not to say they won't be bad about it in the future, but it. You know, are are all the Splatfest three way competitions? Um, now they will be. Yes. Now they will be. Uh, okay. In Splatoon three, yes, yeah, all, yeah, because like that's, that's that seems tough. I was even writing my brain of like three. outside of rock paper scissors, which they kicked it off with, and apparently Grub Games or Gear or whatever the hell the second one was. I was like, what Fun. other big like? Yes, thank you. What <laughs> wild fun? 
is like what other big three-way split debates are there so when this pokemon one the got Father, announced son, and the holy spirit that's right that's, one. that's right it's all technically the same list of these on my ipad i'm sad i don't have my ipad with me i wrote out a list i'm working on a list of ideas that no one's gonna use because i don't work at anywhere that would be relevant uh-huh um, rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> right? That's one. Well, they already, they already did that one. That was the first one. That. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The, no Come wonder on, I Kyle. came up with that. It's they we have to oh, mobilize day, for the Holy day. Spirit. Mor- morning, afternoon, night. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. But I I don't know. I think there's. I think the three-way fights are less exciting. I think it's uh, Protoss, Zerg, Terran. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. <laughs> Just have at it. Oh, Read into it as you will. Christmas is gonna, oh. Yeah, no. story of my life. Christmas always right wins. Here's but, the true yeah. war on Christmas. It's happening in Splatoon. <laughs> but the meat, again, like the, what's so fun is the, the community angles of it. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they come up with for the threes. Because they haven't nailed it all the time for the two. Remember socks versus sweaters? That was dumb. That was like, the dumbest one they had. <laughs> I think that's more compelling like than grubber gear. The best one ever has to be the like ketchup versus mayo, right? Because it was like actually the colors of those things. Oh. Like the, I feel like I feel like they should do it more where it's like the things already have colors. So well, you that's can what just, the Pokemon like, they're kind of are doing that there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's good then. Therefore, it's um, good. Back around. Pokemon's good. My, my favorite was um, waffles versus pancakes, as well as uh, orange juice pulp versus no pulp. Mm. <laughs> that's good. Who won that one? Good. Um, I forget, but again, you don't really uh, remember. Now they can you remember do milk. the fun, the fun <laughs> you had. Two percent whole milk skim, and they're just like slightly different shades of white. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I don't uh, know. The mayo one was already kind of gross looking. I think I'm, no, I don't want milk v no. milk. <laughs> Jonathan Fenrich and it says, "Hey co- cohorts, in honor of Square Enix's most ingeniously named game, can you please start a new weekly show called Hilarious Play Life? I'm not sure what it involves, but I trust you to figure it out." Yeah, we'll, we'll throw that in the show plus poll. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Enright says, Hey, MinMax and Nemesis Jeffum. Oh, I hope you hear this, Jeffum. I hope you're enjoying listening to this, Jeffum. Um, what is the worst gaming injury you've ever gotten? Or if you haven't gotten injured because you game too hard or as a result of gaming, how about what is the worst injury you've had that affected your ability to game? Um, so Pistol Whip, I... I I whipped my head into a bookshelf really hard. Oh, this is the VR um, game. The VR game, yeah. And then I I again pistol whip again. I punched a wall really hard to the point where my <laughs> knuckle like inflated. And I went to the doctor and they looked at it. Um, they gave it an X-ray because I thought I had broken my knuckle. Um, like thankfully I had just like pulled the the tendons. I pulled the muscle off the Ooh. bone. Um, but it did make it hard to like type and play games for a while, and it took me a while to 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 comfortably play Pistol Whip. Also, like so that's I had what good to... Pistol Whip is. That's what I've learned from this. Yeah, you're really, I you're really die. It's a great your game. Life on the line for Pistol Whip. Mine are mine are also VR. Uh, I can't remember if I hit a wall or if I actually hit the other controller. I think it was the other controller. But I was playing Before You Fall, which is a like a sword fighting VR game, and I like I smacked my hands together and I like hit my pinky against the controller really hard and it felt kind of out of sorts for a few days did you go to the doctor at all for that or no i mean it feels fine now um, it, but i thought that was a, it. it was that was a f- kind of weirdly fun experience to like explain it to like the nurse <laughs> checking me in and then my doctor who was he's young um and he and he you know he he's not like a huge gamer or anything but he knows video games and plays some video games 
he thought it was pretty funny but you but might be also, wondering why is this young cool guy in here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like God. i appreciated the sort of the sense of humor he had about it but then it was like okay but seriously though let's look at your hand and make sure you're okay <laughs> uh ricky winterborn writes in and they say fighting games are kind of like the pickle of game genres they're described by having fighting but then like 80% of all other games also have fighting in them as well. Fist fights, gun fights, relationship fights. The pickle conversation shattered my reality. Um, yeah, that's true. What? Wait, what's the pickle what? Oh, God. It's it was the story. best moment on this podcast. <laughs> you were here last week, weren't you, Janet? No, I just no. listened to it. Oh, well. Yeah, Jacob's better than me, so he's like in our community more. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Just go uh, look at the Wikipedia for pickle. Yeah. Uh, We're set- trying to figure out what like what <laughs> constitutes pickling, like what it means. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but but it was just the phrasing of the question. Yes, was it's, it's, like made me feel like I was having a stroke. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, fighting games are the pickle of of genres. Or not. Um, Seth writes in and they ask, "What time of day do you consider morning and afternoon?" I told someone I was free for Next a meeting. Fest, I'm telling you. Ooh, yeah, there we go. I told someone <laughs> I was free for a meeting in the early afternoon, and they responded with an 11 a.m. invite, saying that early afternoon worked for them as well. Isn't it morning until 11:59? Then afternoon for say anything after 12? Am I going crazy? Yeah, they're in the wrong. Early afternoon, yeah. you can't send an 11 yeah. a.m. unless there's time zone wonkiness. That's the only yeah. excuse for what's happening here. I feel like the afternoon starts at one. Because like 11 to 12 to 1 is lunch. That's its own time. <laughs> lunchtime? So like let's schedule yeah. a meeting at lunchtime. That feels completely yeah. different. Yeah. Um, Joe Mama writes in and says, In an interview with IGN a while back, the Breath of the Wild director stated that the reason you couldn't pet the dog in the game is because they did not have a gameplay mechanic for petting the dog. Instead, opting for being able to feed the dog as holding ingredients was already a mechanic. Kyle, is this type of design smart and cool or dumb and stupid? I actually (laughs) I actually am kind of to a certain degree a proponent of this sort of thought process of of not petting puppies if it's like I mean it's so I don't get what do you gain out of that like what's the gameplay like love outside of getting featured on a Twitter account like right I I don't know I don't I hear you it's It's like like flushing the toilet it's uh, the warm fuzzy version of flushing the toilet I don't gain anything I want to do it there was there was a great video by this this OG video essayist called Matthew Mitosis a couple weeks ago that was talking about um, essentially about the interact button and how like that has the, the idea of having an interact button has kind of taken over modern gaming. But he was arguing like the more things that you can do just as a mechanic that exists and not like a single discrete action, the more involving the game is. So I actually kind of agree with the Zelda thing of like the way you can interact with the dog is just by using everything that already exists by like being able to pick up food and put food down and spin around and the dog spins around because then it feels like you are making that choice. But if there's like a button that just says pet, it's like, well, the game has decided that I can pet the dog and then I can just agree with the game to pet the dog. Mm. Yeah. I, I also just like that sort of I like that thought process of considering every interaction of the player. Like like just like what does that mean in the larger scope of things as opposed to like, oh, we should include this because, you know, people want to do it. It's like, what does that mean? Why are you doing it? Like, I, I just like that. Like, I love developers overthinking that kind of thing yeah it leads to i think a tighter larger sense of design for the game instead of just having these lingering one-offs in every little direction it's like yeah how does it fit in the ecosystem you know 
the more the less context sensitivity you have the more you feel like you're kind of in control of the character yeah i think yep yep i think that's right you need to know your verbs going into any situation um spencer writes in and says i was given a task and now the time has come I uh, quote, please somebody write in four months from now to the MinMax Show podcast over on Patreon and ask me, Ben Hansen, do I remember what shim is? So Spencer asked, do you remember what the game shim is? It was one of the mini games that were shown at the Wholesome Direct where that quote is from, but that is the only hint you get. Paint for me a picture of what shim is, then see how close you got. Um, Spencer? I'm so on top of this. Shim is the game where you're the little, your little thing. You jump between the shadows. It's like the shadow platformer. What are you? Are you a frog? You're some something jumping between shadows, and it looks cute, and it's very stylish. But it still is a terrible name for the game. S C H I M. But I do remember, and I mainly just remember because listening to other podcasts, Shim locked into my brain because some people played it and they seemed excited about it. Is that not Skim? Shim? I don't know. No, it's Shim. It is Shim. shim? Okay. It's like she doesn't mean swim in a different language. I don't know. Uh, Is it in ABBA's language? Mike Lynch writes in and they say, do you think a rude person, by the way, does ABBA sing in Swedish? Do they have versions of all their hits in Swedish? Like the actual band? I don't know. They did that Spanish album though. They did a Spanish album? Yeah, didn't they, right? Or was it someone else covering their songs? They have like, like Chikachita is definitely a song that was, there's an all Spanish version of that song. That sounds great. It's funny because my sister-in-law didn't even know that it was an ABBA song until she's like, oh, there's this is a, it's in English now. <laughs> oh, weird. That's funny. Uh, Mike Lynch uh, asked, do you think a rude person would get the same thrill playing through the good branch path in a game as someone who is nice playing the evil branching path? I don't like being nice and playing through the evil path, so I don't. You know, it's like, I don't find it fun as a nice person to do the evil thing, usually. So you don't think, like, Hitler would get a real kick out of playing the Paragon Path in Mass Effect? I think we could have, there's so many things we could have gone that that were less severe than Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it's safe territory. Lean into it, y'all. I I think that, uh, (laughs) I want more games that would confront a rude person with the idea that actually their day-to-day behavior is rude. Because I think it would be too easy to just play the Paragon path and be like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) I'm good. What percentage of American adults do you think are inherently rude, Jacob Geller? Inherently? Well, I mean... I, I very low you know I think rudeness is is kind of like cultural you know where it's just like it might seem rude to someone else but not to you know the the way you're used to communicating wait really mm, that is that's an interesting I mean point. it's like that's like the New York thing of like you know mm. if if me a mild man mannered southerner went to New York I might feel that people were being rude to me but they wouldn't be they would just be kind of okay like, well from you know, your if you're the the center of the universe then looking out and you can cast the millions of New Yorkers uh, as officially not? rude. I honestly, I would still say like 10%. I'm like going, I think it's, I think it's pretty low. Yeah. I'd go over. I'd say, I'd say 24% of American adults are straight up rude. You know, it's like, I think that people, I don't know if when I worked at a restaurant, more than 10% of people were rude to me, but I, I don't know if that makes them inherently rude or if they just, 
No, that does. We're it taught does. how to behave in a restaurant. Well, no. then, uh, 49%. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was absolutely. thinking 35. Okay. Well, uh, Half Tip writes in, and they say, Hey, all uh, I don't know if anyone already did this, but I wanted to submit Kendrick Lamar's album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers for the greatest work of art of all time for 2022. It's a raw look at love, loss, grief, and overcoming generational trauma. Coming from a great artist that, that's at the top of his game right now. It came out in Maine. It's been sticking with me all year long. Hey, sure. <laughs> Throw stuff out there. I, I haven't listened to this. Is anybody else listening to this? Yeah, of course. Okay, of course. Um, and it's good? Yeah, I don't like it as much as um, TPAB, but okay. I'll try to remember it when I have to think about this later. Should, so. I, um, do I, should I try and be cool, obnoxious guy uh, very in his lane right now? Is that the move to do on a podcast? By proclaiming, I, don't, I would not be able to pick out Kendrick Lamar's music out of a lineup. I could not name one song. I am that unhip. I, I know nothing about Kendrick Lamar. I mean, Lamar. you just don't listen to hip hop, right? So I don't listen to anything. If I hear beats in succession, <laughs> I run the opposite direction. Um, speaking of which, uh, Jai Bones writes in and asks, what was the last concert you went to? I checked out Tennis recently. Check them out if you like oh, some easy good. going indie pop. That's interesting. Yeah, last concert anybody went to. Kyle, you're really um, racking your brain. I can see. Yeah, it's been a long time. I don't really I, like going to concerts. Oh, I did. Like, there all? was a point. Of, no, I mean, there was a point in my life where I was going to a concert every weekend. Like, but I've, I just, I hit that old guy point pretty quickly where I was like, <laughs> I kind of want to sit down if I'm going to an event somewhere. <laughs> I think you hit your old guy point at like you still 22. Can, yeah. But I understand. Like, my boyfriend doesn't like concerts. Um, yeah. So. I think it was maybe the, sh- the shins and like. 2000. That's the game where you jump from shadow right. to shadow. I thought, right. I thought he was going to say, I think it's maybe my shins. Like, that's why I just can't go anymore. My <laughs> um, no, Lupe Fiasco is the cool. What is it, Janet? Lupe Fiasco is the cool. Uh, he did his anniversary tour of that album, oh. uh, 15 year anniversary tour. Uh, and it was hilarious because there's nothing but like old millennials who like yep we all love lupe fiasco's the cool <laughs> so it was interesting like and yeah because normally it's not such a i think stuff usually skews a little bit younger but i'm like yeah everyone's like the same age here because we all listen to lupe's the cool it's uh, a million years ago you Kyle, know what it might um, be actually is that? prince uh because i remember my really? wife was my wife was pregnant and so it would have been like 2010 Ooh, or something wow like that. And I, I mean, remember you can never go to a concert again if your last concert was yeah. Prince. Like you yeah. just have to keep that. And just to be clear, the weird like, thing. well, I know no one will ever be better. But just to be clear, your wife wasn't pregnant before she went to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> she was pregnant at the concert. Yeah. But it was just funny. It, it was it was always because now that I think about it, it was weird because it was like it was before Game Informer, before any of that happened. You know what I mean? So like yeah. in utero, my daughter heard Prince, and then I moved to. Prince World, uh, Minnesota, months later. <laughs> Prince Town, USA, they renamed it. Um, Come on down. Mine was my current favorite band, which is The Beths, I saw about a month ago. Uh, they're a New Zealand alt-rock band. If anyone knows them, the cookie for you. <laughs> um, I saw uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Uh, they were just in Minneapolis uh, not too long ago. It's that nice. punk rock dream team cover band. It's like one of my favorite shows I've ever been to was them years ago at the Triple Rock. And so I was excited to go. And then I went with uh, Grant, who was on the deepest dive for Final Fantasy VII and stuff. And right before the show, like we we're getting dinner before the show. And he's like, by the way, you know about the lineup these days, right? And I was like, what? And it turns out that like 
only the main singer was there for this leg of the tour and everybody else like oh. Fat Mike and Joey Cape like everybody else was just not there and instead they had like replacement band members where it's like uh, on bass we have CJ Ramon from the Ramones or something like, what what a weird thing just to, like see somebody from the Ramones playing somewhere over the rainbow on bass like it's just a bizarre concoction but did they play all of me the Frank Sinatra song they didn't I'm sorry Kyle they it's did my not. favorite one that's the best one by the way, it was weird going to the show and not going to a lot of concerts and just realizing like, oh, the average fan of me first in the Gibbing Gimmies and kind of that punk rock era, they're really old now. And <laughs> it's terrifying to realize that like, oh, I look like them, except they all look like nasty old people and they're all, they're not punk at all. <laughs> Unlike real punk rockers like me. So me, me and Ben went to washed concerts. Yes, we exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> Uh, Nick Ludeman writes in and says, does it bother anyone else that there isn't a word in the English language to describe giving someone a drink? For example, you can feed a baby food, but can't drink it water. You have to add extra context for drinking compared to feeding. Isn't that weird? Is that it, is weird. Is it the case for any other language? Let us know, everybody. In, in Swedish? I've also in thought hometown, it was weird. Unless there might be a really obvious word I'm missing, but it's like starving is like i'm dying from lack of food but it's like you can't say thirsting or like you have to say like you know what i think there is a word for that because i remember looking that up but i don't know off top of my head it's like dehydrating you know it's like it's not dying from lack of water yeah Uh, Justin Hughes writes in with a very important take saying, hello, Ben, Uh, four months ago during the Wholesome Games showcase, a game was shown named Shim. You made a comment asking someone in four months to ask if you remember it, (laughs) mentioning that the name was poor and forgettable. So do you remember it? I don't. I don't remember Shim. Uh, Brian Regal writes in and says, as a star citizen backer, (laughs) this is like opening a comment being like, as a proud mother, let me say, (laughs) as a star citizen backer, they celebrated their 10 year anniversary with a celebration called Citizen Con, and I'm excited for what they have in store for the game these next several patches. So I was wondering, why do gamers and games media continue to harp on the game so much? Are they so cantankerous or cynical that they cannot accept the vision of the game, or are they too seeped in the publisher model to see what the company's trying to accomplish? I get that the game has been known for 10 years and it's still in alpha development with little to show for it, but with games like Red Dead Redemption 2, DTAs, and other games that take many years to develop, why why, why do they get a pass, but the developers of Star Citizen do not? I also know not everyone is fond of their funding model and marketing, but to make the game they want to make, it takes money and publishers are too risk averse to invest in a project like Star Citizen. So how else is a game like Star Citizen supposed to gather the funding it needs to make the game it is striving to make? I don't know. I feel like the game and studio get a bad rap for trying to make a very unique game that blends many genres. By the way, all you need to back, quote unquote, is Star Citizen or Squadron 42. Um, All you need to do is to buy a beginner's package and it's $45. Everything else is just extra if you want to give more money to the project. Um, I think there's something... Look, this is my favorite thing. When people write in defending Stadia, defending Star Citizen, of like things that everyone just like makes a joke about and moves on very quickly. Um, Defend anything on the podcast. Just write in. We'll take it all. Um, But it is... I think it is just because I think we're not invested in that ecosystem by any means. So everybody in a podcast talking about it's like, I don't know, they made millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and there's not a game out. So thumbs down, moving on. But is there any harm here if the community is happy and they're happy to invest this money to make a weird game? 
I mean, the fear is that the money is not going anywhere, which is how it feels from the outside. Correct. Right. And it might not be true. And and like, I've actually kind of been curious about it weirdly. Like a few weeks ago, I was like, what if I just played Star Citizen? That'd be weird. Right. But I think I think the sort of the the negativity and fear is that people are throwing a lot of money at it and not getting anything from it because that's what it looks like. Right. You know, it's like they, they have kind of nft feeling it's like you can purchase land on a planet or whatever yeah so it's like that part you know and and i will say i i do think it's cool and i have seen like the the really enormous ambitions of that game including stuff that they have already realized i think are neat like i think i i think that it's cool but it's like i do think also you know it's like they the game that they've been wanting to make or trying to make, uh, I think, is kind of a misleading way of saying it, because I believe at beginning of development, they were not like there's going to be a competitive first person shooter in this game. And then they decided, you know, five years in that that was going to be a core part of their message. And now that is another piece of the game that is unfinished as well as the rest of the game, which is also unfinished and so it's you know when you talk about like feature creep the star citizen is the number one thing because the the game that they're attempting to finish now feels so much uh bigger and less focused than kind of the game that they were making in 2012 yeah what year kyle will there be a star citizen review on gamespot.com Ooh, i never I think it's just going to perpetually exist in beta, right? Yeah, but they'll never hit I mean, that the threshold. Same way that like, is there a Fortnite review on yeah, GameSpot? Yeah, absolutely. I bet is there's there? multiple. Okay. I man, I don't know. I don't. I never, honestly, like maybe coverage for it, but I don't know if there'll ever be a scored Star Citizen review. I don't know. Weird. Uh, yeah, GameSpot gave Fortnite an eight. If you remember, oh, if you there remember, it is. that's why. Yeah, really. Oh, and then. Oh, weird. Yeah. Laying the foundation in 2018, they reviewed it. Um, yeah, I, I get that idea of like funding something outside of the publisher ecosystem and wanting to defend it in a big way. And I think naturally people are just skeptical because we've seen a lot of these crowdfunded pod projects not exactly pan out for folks. So it's part worrying about the people that are quote unquote investing in it, even if it's just the $45 or $60 package. Um, but yeah, I get why that just seems as condescending for the community at times about like we know what we're doing we're just paying for the game ahead of time we're fine over here thank you i i do i kind of want to check it out and see where it is like these days do it please you know? do, yeah. It. Yeah, do it do it do it Kyle. um Ozzy- i've spent more on weirder experiences that i touched less <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Ozza G rates and says, Hey man, Max, glad I can finally send a little support your way now that I'm actually working. Thank you. And we exist outside of the publisher model, Ozza. So um, we promise this podcast will get to you. You by the can buy land on the Min Max moon. <laughs> we oh haven't discovered it yet. Can you imagine? That would be a really stupid Patreon tier. We just name a planet <laughs> randomly. Oh, that'd be so gross. We're not going to do it, but I think it's kind of funny. Anyways, um, after playing Immortality and loving it, um, but being very uncomfortable by much of the content, most of which uh, you'd never really see in video games, I remember someone on the podcast describing it as one of the most mature games ever made. That was, yeah, parroting the Next Lander version. Yeah. Um, anyways, but Aza says, it got me thinking, what are the most mature games ever made? <laughs> what, what else is up there with Immortality, do you think, for just straight up mature? Are we talking about like like... 
like fanciful or like I see naked people? I, I think you go a lot of different ways. Aza says, sure, plenty of games get mature ratings for blood and violence. What other games have you played that truly feel like no one but an adult should play this due to its disturbing oh. content? Yeah, I mean, my my first thought for this was Kentucky Route Zero because it was like, if I was a kid, I would be bored. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's <laughs> too it's it's mature, not in that it's like there's things you shouldn't see in here, but just like it takes a level of maturity to understand what this game is doing which feels somehow more real than like a guy get it gets his arm ripped off so a kid shouldn't see that can you tell me how old i have to be to understand what's happening in kentucky Red here can you just give me that age that i have to hit um you need to be in a college english class and discussing it so well, like 20 with a good professor well i i did all that man and it's still i wasn't there <laughs> i didn't like it either um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, mature. It's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're immature if you don't like it, I but think, it's just like I can't imagine no, a kid enjoying right. that game at all. Yes, absolutely. Good recovery, you know, good recovery for three people who haven't really <laughs> never clicked with Kentucky. Not gonna lie though, I am a little dumb, so it's not. Oh, it's, I'm big it's time not dumb. mutually exclusive. I'm absolutely um, moron. I think there are a lot of games that do fall under that a child likely wouldn't take joy out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, just because. Weird, the weird art house stuff that like you know me walking through a forest with my grandma in like Liv Yoma like I don't think that's gonna hit for someone who's like seven yeah um but I mean honestly I think a lot of the FMV stuff like I didn't just because it's a lot to take in and usually is intense I mean even even her story to a degree like there's a lot to unpack there and I do yeah. think I don't uh, I probably I think that's one of those like with adult supervision, maybe where I can kind of help contextualize elements of it. It might be kind of a lot to piece together, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. The disturbing content that isn't just gore because we got that in spades. That's that's easy. Right. But just like, oh, this is disturbing to your core. Like hey, some Silent Hill 2 flirts with some of that stuff yeah. where it's just like like I find that game just. It wasn't that I was like necessarily scared of Pyramid Head so much as I was just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You're not even supposed to and be here. See what today. happens next. You know, weirdly, a game that I feel like is like scarier to adults than it is to you know. It's like if I was 13 and played that game, I'd be like, ooh, spooky, but not necessarily get like the real yeah. scariness that it was doing. Like, I remember talking to someone in high school about, oh, those creepy nurses, you know, but as I get older, I'm like, that's that game's about a person coming to grips with his dead wife. <laughs> like, it's a very different experience at this point. Uh, Mr. Buttons writes in and says, hey, Minimax crew, four months ago, Hanson and Charles McGregor did a live reaction to the Wholesome Games Direct. There was a game shut off that both agreed looked interesting but heavily criticized the name Hanson suggested that someone challenge the podcast to name that game after four months and that time has now come the game's an indie title in which you play as a frog that hops between shadows throughout the world wow you were right about the frog it is being developed by Uwoud van der Werf and published by Extra Nice Hanson declared a better name for the game would have been Paper Trail can you name this game that's shim Mr. Buttons that's shim uh, the record show Hanson did not screen us these questions. I'm like, there's always a couple questions in here that like Hanson just goes rogue and puts them in there. Tom Blackburn writes in and says, Howdy Hearts, what's going on with the play date? How are the rest of the games that came out in season one? Why? Who wants to know? <laughs> um, 
I haven't booted mine up for a while. As much as I love a good pick pack pup round, um, I, I actually I I got an email a few days ago and I had a tweet about it. But like I the playdate I like and like I have it next to my Steam Deck on my Switch. Um, but like the the backlight I, is is what you know is yeah. a deal breaker ultimately. Like I I thought I would be able to get over it and I would I would pick it up every few weeks and play with it. But like the couple of times that I've turned it on to do something with it. It's like, I got to find a light to sit under and I just end up like giving up. Like I put, someone made a severance game for it. Oh, um, weird. Based on the game. Jacob, you've watched severance, right? Jana, have you seen severance? The Not HBO, yet. The Apple plus the Apple show. Mm-hmm. Great show, but they play, they kind of play something that looks like a video game in severance, which is really fascinating and interesting. And someone sort of tried to make a sort of video game version of it. And they put it on Playdate, And I was like, Oh, I'm going to check this out. This is, this is, cool and i i got it loaded up on there and it was like an easy process and everything but like i just like it's just not comfortable to play ultimately because of the lack of a backlight i just cannot find a good angle to enjoy games on the play day which is a huge bummer because i like it conceptually yeah um janet there's no doubt you're holding it but have you checked out any games beyond the season one stuff no because i'm a bad person but it honestly it's a I mean, I want to echo everything Kyle just said, because that was my biggest criticism when I reviewed it. The lack of backlight just makes it difficult to play. Um, Plus some debatable ergonomics. I mean, everyone, again, is going to have a different feel for it in their hands. Um, Definitely some stuff was uncomfortable to me, but I I would power through it for the content. I think it's awesome how people are making stuff. But honestly, I just don't have the time. Like, it's so far down on my list um, with backlog stuff that I don't know when or if I'll get to it. yeah, so that, yeah. that's really been the thing for me. Um, I will say, though, when they drop that little dock thing, if they are going to still drop that, I don't know if they will. I'm going to buy that because I still think the playdate's really cool and I like it conceptually. I just don't like many games. I'm not actually playing it. Yeah, we'll spend um, more money on it. Question. We just don't want to play. No, I, yeah, I, I have the thought every couple of months of like, oh, I should go see what the coolest game that people have made online just um, booted up on the playdate see how that dev community is going because they made those tools so, so accessible i'm sure there's cool stuff out there but yeah yeah if you've been playing and yours please let us know and please let us know when season two is coming for the content because i'm still curious about it and lucas lucas pope is working on something for that's it, what right? they said but as far as i right. know they haven't communicated anything about that mars because that's that's gonna be the big time. thing for me is like yeah. was it kaita takahashi he did the katamari guy yeah. right he made a game for it and like lucas pope like those are the things that like sort of get me to turn it on and be like, oh, this creator that I'm familiar with who's done really interesting things in the past, what are they doing with Playdate? That's 100% the thing that will get me excited to, to check it out again for yeah. sure. Crab Palace says, hey, Ben Handstand and the Twirlers. That's us. Um, I was just in the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, um, and it made me feel like I was about to fight a Dark Souls boss. Where have you been that felt remarkably similar to a video game? Um, uh, uh, an escape room. This is kind of cheating, <laughs> but we talked. I said I was going into one the other day, and I just couldn't believe how much it did feel like. I felt like I was using the interact button in real life. I was just like lamp, no face, <laughs> no pet dog. Yes. Uh, my dad worked for a pharmaceutical company growing up, and you know that he worked like next to the factory where they manufactured pharmaceuticals and there was like they gave a tour once of the facility 
and it was while I was playing Half-Life 1 for the first time. Oh, fun. So that was really cool because I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in Black Mesa. Yeah. Better not push any contraptions into shiny objects. Big Pharma <laughs> is cool. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess like immersive theater. Um, first time I really did that in London uh, with Punch Drunk, like that, that whole thing. I was like, oh my God, this feels so much like a video game. This is like a walking sim. And I'm the sim. Uh, all right, what do y'all like for a question of the week? Shim. Mm. <laughs> all of the three shim. of them, so how would you even pick? Uh, you can't. Um, you can't. I pick. cut that uh, vinyl in thirds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the mature question. I thought that was interesting. That is Just interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Like not not like it's sort of not thinking about the violence aspect of it, but like I, games for adults. You know. I like the petting the dog one. That one's good too. Yeah. Janet, where are you leaning? Um, I like the concerts one just because I feel like Kyle's no shade to everyone else's answer. I feel like Kyle's story was kind of interesting. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I I like. Six. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the, um, I like the concerts one actually as well. All right. There we go. It's Jai Bones is getting a big old prize for my mate bit. Thank you so much. I'm bit for the support. Uh, now it's time for something called Get a Load of This. Kyle, I'm so ready to hear what we need to little what we need to little get a load of little. Hey, well, why don't you get a little load of this? Get a, <laughs> hey, get a load of this. Never say little <laughs> load again. It's uncomfortable. I, I'm actually not super familiar with this site, uh, Control 500, but um, I came across it. It was getting shared on Reddit like a like a few months ago actually i think at this point but it's an article and it just has some photos in it of um toru iwatani the creator of pac-man mm. and uh, what it is is he's just he's got his notebook where he drew out his, all his original pac-man ideas oh fun um and it's just like it's just really cool to see photos of it drawn out on like you know grid paper like accounting for all the pixels and everything and it's like it's interesting to see ultimately like a pretty fully formed idea in his head on paper come to life as you know one of the most iconic video games ever made so that's my get a load of this there'll be a link below right Hanson? there is gonna it's be a cool link to below. look at that sounds cool that sounds cool um hey get a load of this um i'm a sucker for for anybody who's like focused on a specific beat like reporters in particular and there's a uh, pro publica reporter named abram lustgarden who's just been focusing on like the water crisis and specifically in like the American West. And so he was on a recent episode of Fresh Air. Um, you can get that podcast version of Fresh Air. Um, but he was on seven years ago talking about like, uh, the American West is running out of water and no one's talking about it. And this is really scary. Jacob, you know a thing or two about this. Um, and then like uh, his most recent video. Um, but then he was on Fresh Air again this month and was like, uh, really though, we're really running out of water and no one's talking about it. And like, we've written a thousand scientific papers and no one seems to care. And I don't know what we're supposed to do here. But um, he was talking about the Colorado River in particular and how so much of that water is being used for like uh, growing alfalfa, which is then used to feed cattle. And so he had this factoid where like the Colorado River is just it's doomed. Uh, it's just draining so fast and water is being diverted a thousand different ways. But he said that like crunching the numbers, we'll have to take his word for it, but that crunching the numbers, if Americans skipped eating meat one day, it would cut down the usage of water in the Colorado River by 
Wow. Isn't that a wild factoid? It's it, I, I it's like it's it's hard. Sometimes I resist talking about, you know, it's like the individual action of like everyone takes shorter showers. Right. Yes. Whatever is kind of meaningless. But it's like meat uses so much freaking water that it's like, <laughs> yeah, if you just don't eat a burger instead of eating a burger, it's like like you know months of not showering and so it's really significant it's so weird at some point you know this is when everyone's gonna get on a high horse and be like oh min max is just a green party outlet but like at some point like i do think it'd be interesting to like take the deepest dive into like water usage like i do think it's like jacob i know that's basically what your life has been like over the last couple months of putting that video together right well, I mean, it was just, I, I didn't talk too much I know, about it was a component. Look, I would yeah. do it. I know, I'm I know, saying, I, I want to learn more. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so like Super Mario Sunshine Deepest Dive? Is that like... Yeah, did I, I say that? That's what I, I meant. You don't contextualize around video games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jacob, what do you got? Um, okay, I have something not important at all. Uh, we've all seen uh, various food crime videos of like, oh, you know, I made a, a cotton candy burrito or something. Uh, but this is <laughs> this is a video of a woman making essentially a ramen crunch wrap. But it's uh, the beginning says, ask my roommate to make a voiceover for this cooking video. And it's just the roommate like exhausted being like. I don't know why she does this every time with the ramen. She keeps like making these things and it's just it's just very funny. I just laughed out loud while watching it and I was like, well, that deserves to get a load of this. All right. Link below, everybody. Uh, Janet, what do you got? Uh, get a load of this. This is a thread that I came across some time ago, but I don't think I shared on here. It's a thread of the 50 most beautiful sports venues in the world and Ooh. they're just you know talking about like things that are pretty to look at this is just it's just gorgeous <laughs> to see these um and like i would love to visit some of these because i was I, I just love um what they've done with like the areas and it's not always all urban either they have one that's like in the middle of this forest like there's just some really stunning vistas of it and a couple too that might be you know a little more achievable for people like rose bowl and pasadena is on that list sure uh, you know that's things cool. like that but uh, yeah, check it out. I think they have some pretty cool um, environments here. Right on. Links below. Um, also, thank you to folks in the MinMax community in the Discord. They're sharing uh, stuff in the channel all the time. There's fun little factoids. Uh, Leafeon shared this, which, God, I I guess I was busy yesterday. I didn't see this news right when it broke, but I caught it in the evening. I was like, wait, what? That apparently Meta, our dear friends over at Facebook, they bought Twisted Pixel, who you know from the Splosion Man series. Kyle, did you know this? thought they already owned maybe them? they did and it's just lumping in now so like okay. I, I also i i missed it if they did buy it or i didn't remember it uh, also they bought armature um huh. who did resident evil vr but then i mean that studio has a lot of leads that came from uh retro it's like former developers i mean the director of metroid prime the producer of metroid prime a lot of the old retro folks uh they're at armature and now they're a facebook studio and the last one is camouflage uh who made repo bleak um and Iron Man and VR, Iron Man? they're now yeah. a meta company. And, you know, it's interesting just because we had uh, Ryan Payton from uh, that studio, the founder of that studio. We interviewed him on MinMax's channel seven months ago and talked to him about just what it's like being a mid-sized indie developer and how many acquisition offers come their way over and over again. Um, so it's it kind of broke my heart a little bit. Like, I understand these... You're like, Meta's the one we're taking. I know. It's just, it's sad. I understand if there's a big paycheck and it's tough out there being an indie developer. So if you can keep the teams together, that's great. But still, every one of these studios 
selling out, man. It it really breaks my heart. It's like that's one less person that's easy to reach out to for an interview now. All right, <laughs> it's kind of like I guess my perspective on it, but. You know, this is me reading too much into it. And congratulations. Uh, I'm happy the team will be safe for a while moving into the future. But, like, it's interesting that, like, Ryan Payton on Twitter, he didn't, like, announce it. And I don't know. This is me reading into it too much. But I think there's some, like, shame associated with Meta and Facebook. So he just, like, shared a link to the company blog where they announced it. And he just said, some big news here. And then another tweet where he just says, thank you, guys. But, like, no specific mention of, like, the fact that they sold or where they sold to. Kyle, am I reading into it too much? Or do you think that's a little bit of like, it, I can't announce that Facebook just gave me a bunch of money. That sucks. I mean, I think there's a, like half and half sort of, right? I yeah. think you're reading into it a little bit too much. I yeah. mean, I don't know how much Peyton uses Twitter. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, maybe not. Like, it's not the thing that defines him, right? It's probably right. his, his yes. company and, and who owns it and stuff like that. Where in some cases, I've, like, I've been guilty of it too, like sharing details about jobs is very personally defining, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So. He did change his Twitter name to Ryan P-A-I-D-O-N, which I think is in poor taste. <laughs> That's what I would do should. if I had a big Hell check yeah. from Facebook. Are you kidding? I'm not, <laughs> name I'm whatever you want, Facebook. The same the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching or listening to this episode of the Min Max Show podcast. Uh, we do have plenty of stuff going on. Party Chat, which is our bonus podcast airing every single Monday, which, by the way, if you're at that uh, Min Max Council level tier, you can literally podcast with us every Monday. That's an option for you, everybody. But other than this week's episode of the show, we had a bunch of folks from the community defending Overwatch 2, talking about what a good time they're having with it. We talk about extra life plans, and we talk about something which might be relevant to y'all, which is um, our upcoming strategy for ads on the MinMax Show podcast. Full disclosure, um, we signed on with a podcast ad network, so rolling throughout October, not necessarily you'll hear more ads on the podcast, but slightly different ads might be a better way to put it. But i8bit's uh, sticking with us in a big, bad way because they're very sweet and we're happy for that. But if you really want to dive in the weeds on what it's like communicating with a podcast ad network and what that's like behind the scenes, uh, this week's episode of Party Chat, I think, is for you. Janet joins me on that one. It's just a good chat with the community about what they do and they don't want from uh, ads on the podcast, which I think was helpful and hopefully uh, fun because it was so transparent. Um, also, we have Trivia Tower All-Stars happening this Monday, everybody. Monday, October 17th at 8 p.m. Central. This is the biggest crossover event in games media history. We have a ton of people competing, 24, I would argue, in fact, um, and they're all competing for the big charity prize pool, which you can contribute to if you go to gofundme.com slash Trivia Tower. There's a link below for this stuff, but you can donate to that charity prize pool and then whoever wins trivia tower 100% of all that money will go to the charity of their choice so donate and then cross your fingers and hope that uh the person going and pulling for your charity ends up winning so it should be a fun time so please check that out and help sharing that's appreciated also a reminder for all the cool people that stuck around for the podcast this long uh that we have a community meetup happening uh very soon october 21st in Minneapolis, everybody, October 21st, that Friday, uh, if you are a member of the MinMax community, by that I mean if you listen to the podcast, realistically, you don't have to be a Patreon supporter to get in or anything like that. So swing on by. We're going to be at Utapil's Brewing 
U-T-E-P-I-L-S, Utapils Brewing. We're going to be there at 7 p.m. Central, of course. Uh, so if you're in the Minnesota, Minneapolis area, come by, say hi. We'd love to hear from you. See you in person. Thank you in person, all that fun stuff. It'll be a, a wonderful little quiet evening. All right. Uh, Jacob, Janet, Kyle, you all feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you all being here. And thanks, everybody, specifically at the $50 tier, the game champion tier. I'm talking about people like Auntie Clark, who is officially the game champion of Dying Light 2's DLC, Blood Ties. Hell yeah, Auntie Clark. Um, Pretty Good Printing is officially the champion of PT. No one had claimed PT yet. Excellent pick. Patrick Polk, speaking of excellent pick, is picking Bayonetta 3. Getting ahead of the game, these folks. Very smart. Mm. Kyle Silva, again, is the champion of Street Pass Plaza on Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> Clemens Zobel chose Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. You, you are officially the champion, Clemens Zobel. Congratulations. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.